Hey everybody, and welcome back after a good long, what was it, about five, five, maybe six month hiatus on your favorite Across Series Podcast Network podcast. It's Tangent Time. I, of course, am Michael J. Petty, and with me here is my awesome and amazing and wonderful partner in crime who I haven't talked to in a good while. No, let's tell the truth here. I'm a shifter that was locked up in an attic, and you finally let me out for some other unknown godly reason. Or maybe I'm just a demon that got possessed because I held onto a blade too long and I was dying. Anyway, my name's Willis Kim. No, where we're are not talking. We can't talk about that on air. No, no, where are we? Who is this? Why am I Skype? <laughs> I'm trapped. Ah! <laughs> Anyway. How you doing, buddy? It's good to see you after six years, sir. It is really good. <laughs> it is really good to see you. Um, first off. After all, five months in a hellish college. Yes. And islands and, um, Hong Kong and, like, Himalaya mountains that turn out to be Vancouver. Oh, I got, I got to tell you. I saw this really funny meme online the other day and it was of Oliver from arrow at the top. And it said, and it said, it's the caption. I spent five years in hell. And on the bottom, it's Dean from supernatural. And he goes, bitch, try 40. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. I loved it. Uh, uh, really, when I was watching that episode of Arrow, I was thinking, I was like thinking of it like Star Wars in a sense. The ghosts of Shadow, Yelpe, his dad, Moira, everybody is lost. And the, the, they were like, really? Five minutes, Holly? Five minutes? Yeah. That's all you could last with Lars Ogle? <laughs> and and you, you stew and stew about how many, how many of us you. How many of us you've lost, and you've only lost five minutes? Yeah, I mean to be fair, I mean to be fair, Shagul has been around for like over two hundred years, but you know. Well, well, I was kind of, I was, I was kind of underwhelmed with the length of time the fight lasted. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm underwhelmed with Alicity, but that's another story for another. Well, no, no, not really, because that's not a story for another time. Because we are going to talk about that. But let's start with some, with some quite some quick minor stuff, and we're going to throw it back old school with the recent love that Michael just had, which we'll get to at the end of the episode. We did. I didn't want to start with that first. Cause you want to start out with because new... it'll go because it'll go on for a while. That's well, why. Well, well, that and you know, this isn't like it was a show that ended. Wow, eleven years ago now, and and I I and you never want to start with the old. Let's start with the new. Um, let's start out with something that I wasn't really particularly that excited about until I heard the casting. T'Challa, is that is that how you say the name, sir? The Black Panther. Yep. T'Challa, and the guy that played um James Brown. I can never say the dude's real name, but you know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. I can't say his name either. Yeah, it's a very very unique name. He was um um Jackie Robinson in Forty Two. He will play T'Challa, aka the Black Panther, and um he is the more eloquent version of Luke Cage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the royal 
version of Luke Cage. The, the royal we. You're not into brevity here. Hashtag, hashtag, um, oh. The Big Lebowski reference. Yes. And that fits. That fits. Um, what do Just you because we're bereaved doesn't make we're saps. <laughs> By the way, if you don't love that movie, there's something wrong with you. Is there a Ralph's around here? Yeah. Do you have any, do you have any Kahlua? <laughs> it, it will and one last thing. Eight-year-olds, dude. Eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> um, what do you oh, think? no. What do you what do you think about this casting? Because I I'm really not a Black Panther fan. Like to me, the look of it really was like Batman in the jungle. I know you were more excited about it than I would. What are your thoughts on this? I love the casting. I think Black Panther's a really cool character. I think you can do a lot with him. I think he, in my opinion, he's always been at his best when he's been with the Avengers. Whether it was in the Ultimate Universe with the Ultimates. Or if it was in the Ultimate Avengers 2 Rise of Black Panther animated film or stuff like that. But, um, so I wasn't, I don't know. I, I more expected him to show up in Avengers 3 as opposed to a standalone film. But I think that the idea that they could give him a stand I mean, if they're giving Ant-Man a standalone film, they could easily pull off Black Panther. And, and this kind of goes along with what like we're talking about. I love that Black Panther, of all people, gets a standalone film his first time out. And yet we still can't get an Incredible Hulk sequel. Oh, don't get me started. I am beyond pissed off. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big Incredible Hulk fan. He, 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 I really warmed him after what Edward Norton did with him and what, of course, with Mark Ruffalo did with him. But I think what Steve Glosson, the host of Geek Out Loud, said best on one of his podcasts, I think they're really trying to reboot that franchise. Which really saddens me because the Incredible Hulk, in terms of a, a comics adaption of a character onto the live screen is probably one of the better book-to-film adaptions I've seen. Because it, it takes just about everything from the comics, including the psychology of Bruce Banner, and puts it all in the movie. And and let's not forget, that's really Marvel's first real live-action adaptation that actually did well. Everything before yeah. that, everything before that, like the Spider-Man live-action TV series, which is so bad it's good, and the Captain America TV series, which there's nothing good that could ever be out of that from the '80s. No, aren't those two movies? No, the the Spider-Man was a TV series. I know this of the because I great. No, the cat, the Captain America ones though. Yeah. Well, the Captain America, yes, that was a movie. You're correct. Ugh. Yes. I sat through that. That was and, bad. And I and I know this because Marvel just had their forty fifth anniversary recently. Isn't that correct? Yep. Yes. Happy Happy birthday, Marvel! And no, yeah, they're seventy fifth. Oh, seventy fifth. I'm sorry, seventy fifth. Yes. Uh, oh, forty fifth is like Daredevils, I believe. That's why I get the forty from. Yes, I. Yeah, I think you're correct. Yep. Yeah, and um. And I, and I said this to you a couple episodes ago, you know, like seven, eight years ago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Two seasons ago. Yes. How I, I can't believe in a, we live in a world where people know more about Marvel superheroes than DCs. It's still really odd to me because both of us grew up in an era where DC, people still knew more about DC and the Justice League was still the biggest team. And ironically, it's just that, weird. And ironically, that was the time that Sam Lee actually had control of all of his properties too. Man, ironies of life, huh? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Um, um, more more casting discussion. 
I don't think there could have been a better casting choice, even though I think he's the, what Jude Law, what Jude Law was in 2004, Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. Yeah, I, I don't know. To me, it felt too... Too good? Obvious. Yeah. No, obvious. Like, I, I think he'll do a great job. Don't get me wrong. But when I watch, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I watch stop, Star Trek Into Darkness. Stop, stop for a second. Yeah, you don't want to say anything bad about Benedict Cumberbatch because the internet will pretty much come alive and try to eat you. Yeah, I know. That, yeah. It's all the Tumblr fangirls. Yes, yes. Do not. There's, there's three, there's three, um, internet female geek gods that you just don't want to mess with in no particular order. One, Benedict Cumberbatch. One, um, Andy Serkis. And the other one is Tom Hiddleston. And maybe Martin Freeman. That's another word. But go on, yeah. Martin. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a fan of Sherlock. I love Sherlock. I, of course, love Star Trek Into Darkness. But when I watch those movies, I just don't see him as Doctor Strange. I see it. I still see it. I I say it, even though even though I don't think he'll do bad in this world of Doctor Strange. I look at him and I see Brainiac. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. And, I, and it's like you said, I don't think he'll do bad in this role at all. But he's just too, and I hate to say this, but young. Um... No, I I think he's the right, right particular age because there really is no no set age of when um Stephen Strange goes up to goes up to the Himalayas. God, does every superhero just go up to the mountains to find themselves these days? And that's true, but by the time he's like actually Doctor Strange, as in the Sorcerer Supreme, from the Hoy he's House, like Iron Man's age. From the Hoy House of Hagath. Please don't say me, tell me to say that five times first. Yeah. When I first read that in the comics back in the day, it's like, I was thinking, I was thinking, God, somebody must have been really drunk and stoned when they wrote this name. <laughs> or, let's, I mean, you have to think in those, like, rooms and, like, sit, like, the, the famous Marvel conference rooms, somebody must have been thinking, what's the hardest thing we could put ever in a comic book ever to pronounce? Yeah. Yeah, we need to. We need something more um, complicated to say than mixes pedalic. <laughs> Which is still pretty bad. Um, I understand. I understand your hesitation and your trepidation, but I, I think he can do it. But he cannot have it, a British accent. Yeah, he can. I like I said. I think he can definitely do it. I just. I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't click for me. Because is it because he's in too much already? Maybe, but there's so many other actors in superhero franchises who I've seen who have been in a ton. Like the one guy Frank Chen, who's pretty much got himself into every franchise. Who plays the same character? Yeah, everything he's I, in. I was just about to say he has no rage. He has no range. No. I, I just want—I just want him to walk onto Gotham and Bruce to say, "You know, one day I'll get you back." And then yeah. it all, all ties together, doesn't it? Dude, just wait. I'm sure by the end of the season of Gotham, he'll be on that show. Yeah, somehow. Probably. Um. Um. Age of Apocalypse. What do you think about that? I'm—I'm I'm neither here nor there about it. 
I mean, right right up there with the Days of Future Past, that, that is probably my, one of my favorite X-Men stories. What are your thoughts about what's been developing so far? Well, Age of Apocalypse is probably one of the most, I don't want to say convoluted, but intense X-Men stories there is. Yeah. Because there's just so much, and you and if you miss one tie-in issue, you miss something. So, so it's starting it's a, a long tradition. Starting a long tradition with Marvel, quite frankly. You're no kidding. But which they've been better about in recent years. But overall, yes. <laughs> um, you, by the way, do you love what Marvel's doing to Fox right now in terms of holding back their content? In what way? You, oh, you haven't heard this. Apparently, since like since Marvel and um, Fox haven't come to an agreement of using some of the characters in the cinematic universe, they're block, they're restricting like big time the use of letting like Fox writers um, read the actual original source material and actually use it in their movies. I don't know if that could really stop them because they could easily go to a comic store and just pick something up. Well, no, well, no, because because Marvel has to officially officially allow them to use that material to adapt it from, because because mm. they own the material, obviously. Right. Yeah. So essentially, like that's big. Um, there. I don't think it's dirty. Tech. Are they are are they going to be able to do that with Apocalypse though? Because that's already in development. I, I think. I think it started after Apocalypse, but I just love that because that is like that is a smart thing to do. That is a very smart thing to do. It's a smart thing to do, but at the same time, Fox is still gonna gonna want to put out Fantastic Four and X Men films. Yeah, yeah but and the, now they're just gonna put out crappy ones that we're gonna. Well, see. exactly, and then then Fox will have no choice but to sell those properties back. To, to, That's a fair point too. To Marvel, I mean, literally. But how long is it gonna take, though? At that rate, unfortunately. Well, I mean, if the movie if the movies are like just critically and box office wise bad, you know. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Not not a lot of people are excited for this Fantastic Four movie. I am no, one of the, sounds terrible. I am one of the, I am one of those people. And quite frankly, I would just like to say to Disney slash Marvel, why didn't you guys do this back in two thousand twelve? Yeah, I and, don't know. And, but I agree with what they're doing because if one side... It makes sense, yeah. If one side's not willing to do business and, hey, you own the source material, you have the right to not license it out if you don't choose to. There's no legality there. You license... I do, I do have to say this, though. They did... I mean... Regardless of whether or not they were bankrupt, they still did sell the rights to those characters. Yeah, the characters, but not the stories. That's the that's the uh, that's the way they're getting around this. I think is they own they they own, they have the right to license characters. But if you have no stories to promote these characters, it's kind of a non-issue, isn't it? A smart non-issue too, yeah. by the way. I just I just truly though I just hope it doesn't really hurt the X Men franchise because it just got back on its feet. Oh, I'm not worried about that so much. Like like that one meme said, if Marvel can make you empathize for a talking tree that says one word and a talking raccoon, I don't think I don't think they have problems in terms of believability, in my opinion. No, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I um, just don't want the story to get 
get so screwed up after Apocalypse because it just got back on track. Yeah. One more, more casting things to talk about. What do you think of the casting of, uh, well, not the casting. What did What did you think of what we saw in New York Comic Con in terms of, in terms with Daredevil? What did you think about that? Daredevil looks really cool. Yeah. I'm still not sold on the costume. Solely because it gives me bad '80s flashbacks to the Incredible Hulk show. But you know, but I think, <laughs> but I think that's what they were going for, though. Like, no, I do too, and I think they're going for the stealth and all that, which I totally get. But it's kind of, and that was one of Daredevil's original uniforms. But it's kind of like the small. It's kind of taking the Smallville thing in it. Like he's not yeah. fully the guy with the horns, and I, I didn't like it much either until I read the press release. It's like, oh, that's what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. Like it's a little harder to do with Daredevil, though, because you're still calling the show Daredevil. Yeah, you're not calling so it... We're expecting Daredevil. You're yeah, not calling it Hell's Kitchen or, or the Man, with man Without name. Fear. Yeah or, yeah, or The Man Without Fear. Yeah, I get that. Um, but I So was, people are still expecting Daredevil, which you should be. Yeah, I'm but, still excited about yeah, it. Yeah, but again, with really the cool. lukewarm like reception that the Daredevil film with Affleck got, I think it's better just to just to do something that is completely different and completely unexpected, and no one knows what to call it because it's not it's not akin to anything that you've seen before, which is smart. If you're gonna relaunch something, do it do it in a completely new way. And speaking, I gotta be honest though, I'd have been completely okay with them using the Affleck costume again because I actually love the Daredevil movie. Um, um, I haven't watched it and I don't plan to just because I want to. You've come never in. seen Daredevil? No, I'm not. And uh, you know what? I I want I want to come into this with fresh eyes. Quite honestly, I'm seeing Wicked in, in a couple days at a at a theater in Southern California. I have not listened to any of the score or the music or the story. I want to come into it with, with completely fresh eyes. No pun intended. I, when it comes to Daredevil, I totally I totally respect that. I, I love it. If you ever get the chance after the series is out and you've seen it, watch the director's cut because I think it's really good. What it takes th- so much from the comics. What do you think of the Jessica Jones casting? No, I love Kristen Ritter. I loved her when she was on, on Veronica, Mars. Ver- Veronica Mars and I loved her in Breaking Bad and I've loved her in, you know, she's out of, she's out of your league. I've loved her in pretty much everything that she's been in. What is your background with Jessica Jones as a character? Well, first of all, I loved when Chris Renner got shot in Veronica Mars movie. Oh, <laughs> oh! Just because I hated Gia. Yeah. Well, they actually evolved Gia, which actually really surprised me. Right, and then they killed her. I'm like, well, I'm okay with that actually. Yeah, and <laughs> I, and I love that. The, in, well, you should have said spoiler alert for me. So then, hey, the movie's been. Oh my gosh, the show's been out since 2003. Oh, and the movie's been out for a year, so if you haven't if you haven't seen it, but I know, like, big deal. But Jessica Jones is a character. I really like the concept that she was a superhero and she got fed up with it. And now she's retired. I think that actually works better on a TV series than a movie, quite frankly. I agree. My personal background, Jessica Jones, she was a huge character in the Brian Michael Bendis New Avengers run, which is my all-time favorite Avengers run. Which is probably so, one of the best Avengers runs ever. Not personally, I think it one. is the best. Yeah. But but that's just me. I love Brian Michael Bendis, and I love the New Avengers run, just as much as I love Jeff Johns' Green Lantern run. But, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so I, I've always liked her. I think this could be really cool, and I think Kristen Ritter is a great actress. She's very talented, so I think she could definitely pull this off. And you've seen my post that she is a very, like, um, very, like, salt-of-the-earth geek. She's a big fan yeah. of the preacher, and she's really, like, diving into this into this character and like researching this character and I love that I loved it when Anne Hathaway said that about when she did Catwoman like she really yeah. did research this like it was just like any role that you needed to like sink your teeth into um I, I really hope though I and I'm not saying this just because I'm biased because I am biased but I'm not saying it just because that I really hope though she does read the new Avengers run because it really did a lot for Jessica Jones in terms of her character, in terms of her being a mother, and in terms of her relationship with Luke Cage. And, and I think that will end up being very important. And, and this has not been confirmed yet. It's, it's hearsay because Marvel has yet to confirm it. The guy from the following that everybody says is going to be Luke Cage, if he is casted, what do you think about it? He could do a good job. I think you need a bigger name for that character though like the here's the thing though he's not like and I, I don't mean to be racist but outside of the black community he's not the biggest character yeah but, but and so, outside of like people who know him from comics like I would only know him because of that new adventure run. yeah but seriously you couldn't see Terry Crews playing this role dude I wish Terry Crews was playing this role but he's too busy with Brooklyn Nine-Nine and to be honest that show's way too funny for them to give him up <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm okay with that uh, yes. Have you seen that show? Yes, I oh, have. It's so funny. Especially when the, the two, well, there's several women like characters in the show, but I, lo but I love it when they're trying to go on a diet and some guy steps on her like peanut or walnut or something, and it, it, her reaction was, "I hope you drown in the tub. I hope you have aneurysm after aneurysm after aneurysm." <laughs> Did you see the latest one, the Christmas one? No, I still didn't see the Oh, one. it's so funny. <laughs> Jake has to team up with this this guy that he is incarcerated. Oh, it's so funny. I think he comes back from season one, if I remember correctly. But, yeah. oh, it's, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked that he didn't get any Golden Globe nominations this year. It was like, what? It's it, seriously though. It's way too funny not to get recognized. And it was kind of shocking. Well, not kind of shocking. But when um, he actually got a Golden Globe award last year. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was expecting it to be somebody else. Cause even though even though that sh show is good, I mean, it's not all like 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 Star Wars to the critics. It's not as big as say Parks and Rec, which is actually ending 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 soon but i like the defenders cast so far i just can't wait to see the show that's what i'm waiting for yeah well it's uh, gonna be a while before we see the defenders unfortunately well, well, not, not, well not really it's may 2015 for Daredevil. for Dare yeah but like i mean for the, oh, Dare oh, oh, the for, defenders when oh, they all team for, up oh for like the team up thing yeah when, when Loki, It'll probably be another year, maybe year and a half, too. When Loki comes, when Loki comes in for just some unknown reason, I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. How do you feel about Joss Whedon not directing the next, the last two Avengers films? Um. Oh, has that been confirmed? Yeah, the Russo brothers, I guess, are doing it. Um. That doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me either, but it kind of makes me sad that he's not finishing it out. Well, it's probably because he wants to do something else, and that's like a really, really big project. And, That's true. I mean, probably now, like, he's thinking, like, man, I just want to go to sleep. 
I'm so tired. I made it big and I'm done. I need to sleep now. Because I don't think he took time off from Avengers 1 to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to Age of Ultron, which we'll get into just in a second. But but on top of that, he's still like overseeing the Buffy comic, the Angel and Faith comic, the Dollhouse comic, the Serenity comics, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, I've not seen the. He's like, I've not seen the inside of my eyelids since 2011. Wonder what those look like. <laughs> well, and I mean, like, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't really believe it before. Back in 2008 or 2010, the the one driving force in the studio was Mr. Kevin Feige. But as as time has gone on, I have to say that really is the case. Yeah. And, um, I mean, personally, if, and I would say this even if it was James Gunn, right, doing Avengers 3, which I think that, no disrespect to the Russo brothers, I think that would have been a better choice. Because he's really good at doing big scale. the space stuff, yeah. Yeah, or just big scale, because these two things are going to be big scale. And I, I, I just love the fact that, um, the Infinity War is going to be split up into two parts. Because that really shows you, if you're going to end this thing, because we are going to get a new team of Avengers with a female Thor, and I haven't asked you how you feel about that. How do you feel Wait, about that? Wait, we're this? getting the female Thor in the film? Well, I'm just assuming that's where they're going to go, because that's where they're going in the comics. You know what I mean? Like, there's I, a, not. I hate that idea so much. Because he's, <laughs> because he's sexist. Michael J. Penny. Yep, right, exactly. <laughs> And the reason I hate Falcon is Captain America is because he's black. No. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding, people. Calm down. Do not turn the show off. In his dormitory in Montana, Michael has this thing of, a woman should not be Thor, a woman should not be Thor, or a woman should not be Thor. Just like, like, written all over the walls in his dormitory, like Jack Torrance in um, The Shining. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not crazy, guys. Yes. Just like, but, you know, there's less disconnect in the comic, and I know you hate that, too. There's less disconnect from the live action to the comics, and I'm assuming that's, that, that's, that, that's where it's going to go, easy for me to say. I mean, I could see them putting, like, I could see them putting, like, Sif in Thor's place. I just don't think they'll necessarily put a live action female Thor on screen. Because I think Chris Hemsworth is too popular. Because he hates women. And I hate women. (laughs) (laughs) But but, but here's the thing. You're going to have Captain Marvel. Who's probably going to have... Not Shazam, by the way. Not Shazam, by the way. We need to make that clear that it's not Shazam. Yeah, not the the DC Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think... I think... I think... Even though we... uh, As traditional fans... We know him as Captain Marvel. I think we should just call him Shazam just to make everything clear and square. Well, I still think Carol Danvers, who is the current Captain Marvel in the Marvel comic books, should still be Miss Marvel because that was a a, a better costume and b a better name. But yeah, uh, but yeah, but for but for non confusion sake, let's separate those two. Yeah. Also, she was Miss Marvel in the New Avengers run by Brian Michael Bendis. Go check it out. Um. <laughs> What were, what were, um, but the way they left um, the Winter Soldier, I'm not going to say his first name just in case you have not seen Winter Soldier. Michael can say it if he wants to. The way they left him off and and the way Falcon was introduced, you could kind of see that it going that way, couldn't you? 
Yeah, you could see either one of them becoming the next Captain America because in the comics they both have. So. Yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, I would prefer Winter Soldier because I thought he was a really cool Captain America. Like, I liked Dick Grayson as Batman, but, you know. Because Falcon, I think, should be his own hero anyway. But. Yeah, I agree, but I can totally see them going this way. I don't like it, oh, yeah. but but at the same time, like, I can't believe 2008 was so long ago. Because I can't believe how far we've come since the, the release of the first Iron Man film. No kidding, dude. We, I mean, we've basically been through a lifetime of these Avengers films. And Chris, and what do you think about the possibility of Civil War? Because Robert Downey Jr. being in Captain America 3... There is no suffix for it yet, so we're just... Well, I mean, the official title is Civil War, so that, oh, like, yes, right yes. off the bat, I'm like, uh, holy crap. I'm, so, I'm sorry, like, it's been months since this news has been announced, and I just went through finals this week, so... No, dude, I hear you. Audience, you don't please, have to apologize. Audience, please forgive Well, what do you feel about Civil War? Because a lot of people are, like, really have mixed reviews. They think it's, like, Marvel's version of The Watchmen, which it kind of is. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah kind of is. And, like, Kingdom Come, which it kind of is. But yeah. are you a fan of it? Because I I, I particularly don't like the concept because it, it's just too real. Way too real. And not fun. <laughs> this is really funny because usually you and I are switch positions here where I want things to be more fantastical and you like the real things. Well, but... no. Well, no. But, but <laughs> well, there, you argue them anyway. But, but there but... is no sense of joy in this story. And no, there, there's there, absolutely not. And there really is no sense of finality here either. Here's how I feel about it. Per, like, I loved the Civil War comic book. Yeah. I thought the Civil War comic book was really entertaining. I thought it was really interesting and a really cool way to shake up the Marvel Universe. And really, The, the only last... reason it worked out is because of where Secret Invasion and then Siege came in. And, and really, it was, it really, it was like the last... I mean, not the last, but the most recent comic book, comic book series that really got mainstream attention and the light had a lot of eyeballs turned yeah. to it because not since the Dark Knight Returns and the Watchmen and that kind of thing did comic books get that kind of like Rolling Stone esque reviews. Yeah, but here's the thing though, Civil War in terms of comic books, if if you've read Marvel from Civil War all the way to the present is really the start of a trilogy of storylines that does end on a good note. Yeah, but it just takes a really long time. It takes, it, oh, it takes forever. I was pissed it took forever. But Civil War to Secret Invasion to Siege, I mean, at the end of it, everything comes for a circle. And to be honest with you, I think they're going to probably try and push this movie to be more full circle. But I don't know. That could always be the first half of the Infinity Gauntlet. And, and it's smart that Kevin Feige actually put this in, like, the first Avengers film, the tension that's there between Cap and Iron Man. Like, it wasn't at the forefront, but you could totally see that it's there, can Well, and in my opinion, you're going to see it really blow up in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Especially because um, of Ultron. Well, yeah, um, like, Tony, this should, this should just prove to you, don't steal things, dude. Well, and don't make evil robots. <laughs> uh, I'd like to call it more like an evil Pinocchio, and you know, and you know where I got that from. That, this actually, <laughs> seg I cannot believe they used that song for for the the trailer. At first, I was like really like 
I, I, I didn't know what the song was until I really started listening to it like the second or third time. It's like, oh my god, it's the Pinocchio theme. I didn't know what it was until I was told. I hate Pinocchio, so like I don't watch it, but I was like, holy How crap. How can you hate Pinocchio? I just, it just creeps me out. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> it just, it just kind of creeps me. The whole concept creeps me out. He's a wooden puppet, and then he's a donkey, and then he's a boy. It just, it's weird. Yeah, it's so, so you really must have loved Toy Man when he was all, the, the dude with just the head. That, especially in Justice League Unlimited, when he has the big crack in the helmet. Oh, that creeps me out. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah. Um. Um. I. I, I can't was... watch the Twilight Zone because they have dolls that are alive and kill people. Yeah, but, but they do have the pink one complaining why there isn't enough time. Yes. Yes. Well, get, uh, uh, side note of side notes, Burgess Meredith had a really long, illustrious career, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did. I mean, I mean, just look, I mean, this is a sidebar of sidebars, but ladies and gentlemen, just Google, Google that man's name and just look at how, how much good stuff he actually was in. And a lot of it you don't even realize until you start looking. Like I didn't even I, I, I didn't realize that he was the voice of the leader of Cobra La in that nineteen eighties like cartoon G.I. Joe movie. Yeah. That's him. The, with that great voice. And mm -hmm. and remember, ladies and gentlemen, Mick and Mick Mickey loves you. The only good line in Rocky Five. You only could <laughs> The there's thing. there's a good thing in Rocky Five. That was it. That was it. And <laughs> and the fact that Rocky Five ended, and then we got Rocky Balboa. How was Rocky Balboa? I never saw it. It it was it was what Rocky Five should have been, sir. Okay, I like Rocky Four a lot. Yeah. Um. But but in this is a minor spoiler alert. Um. There's no Adrian in it. And and the guy from Heroes plays actually Rocky's son, Milo. Oh really? Yeah, he's he's Rocky's like adult son. Huh. And Polly has really not aged in twenty five years. That's frightening. <laughs> no, who doesn't age? Jennifer Aniston. Oh yes. My gosh. I cannot believe that she was fifty. What will what will happen is within the span of a year and like twenty years she'll age like. 50 years, and yeah. then it'll be over. Yeah. But it'll take 20 years to get there. But back to Age of Ultron, I really, I, well, first of all, there was actually two trailers, which, like, really made me kind of laugh, because Marvel leaked those trailers, like, by themselves on Twitter. Like, you remember that? You, you remember? And they were saying, oh, it was Hydra, which I loved, which I, which I left my butt off when I heard that. Oh, did you hear about the Toyota or the Honda hack? No. Honda got hacked by a guy calling himself Skeletor from He-Man. It was so funny. Because he wanted yeah. to, cause he, so cause he wanted to get his bones out of the truck. Oh And he kept posting pictures of like a little toy Skeletor. Oh, it was hilarious. It's a combination of Hydra and Skynet. Um, but I love that I love that Marvel leaked it themselves and then they like blamed Hydra. And I also love that because it was it was a smart thing to do, catch people off guard on an off day. That's what the internet's supposed to do. Yeah. 
And I I really love the extended one they went out with a couple weeks later with everybody doing trying to like do the best Excalibur thing with Thor Milner. Yes. Yeah. And I love So if I move this, I could draw Asgard, right? Yes. Yeah. The cat moves it. <laughs> Slightly. I love that Rody and Rody and and Stork can't move it even with their both like robotic arms. I'm still wondering if War Machine is gonna die. I think he might kick the bucket. He might be their catalyst for avenging. Because Michael doesn't. Because Michael doesn't like black people. That's why. That's why. <laughs> right. We're going back to that. Yeah, I don't like black people. Nobody's gonna die. You know what? I, you know what? I I would love if that actually happened. Like Don Cheadle looking at the camera says, "Seriously." I waited like four years to be in one of these movies, and I just died like the first fifteen, fi first fifteen seconds. He'll be like the Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Annihilation. Also, have they figured out Coulson's alive yet? No, I, I I'm not caught up entirely with Agents of Shield, but I don't think anybody anybody knows still. That Coulson's still alive. I'm assuming Hawkeye and Natasha know he's alive. I don't know if I would assume that because they're technically Avengers. But but they're closer to to Shield than any of them, so they would probably know. Yeah, um, I I still think that was Shield. And and by the and by the way, um, Scarlett Johansson, uh, we know you're hot. You don't need to show it show it in that kick ass. Black dress thing you were wearing in the party. And, by the way, um, no, she definitely has to show it. And by the <laughs> and and by the way, it's like it took you guys what two years to have a victory party? Is that what this is? Yeah, no, yeah. What is this? <laughs> yeah, like um, you, you guys technically hate each other, so why are you coming together to like break bread? Is the, is the, not, to, not to mention, why didn't you help each other when, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. was dying, or the Nine Realms were going to be destroyed, or maybe the I Mandarin think, took the President of the United States? I think Feige explained that with all that was going on, like, at the same time. It makes sense. I don't know. Captain America should have rescued the President of the United States. That's all I'm going to say. Well, well, when the government... And Pepper Pot should not have killed Killian. Well, you, well, when the president of the United States, well, when, like, the United States government is trying to hunt you down anyway, I think trying to save their lead, trying to go after their leader, for whatever reason, is not going to make you look good. I wonder if Killian was under Hydra's payroll, too, and that was kind of his goal. <laughs> There's this thing on Once Upon a Time that, like, two or three villains are pretty much everybody in the in the Disney in the Disney pantheon. For example, Rumpelstiltskin is both the crocodile from uh, Peter Pan and Be the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. So it's what? like the yeah, it's you have to watch the series on Netflix to understand that reference. But anyway, if you peel back the onion far enough, it it all goes back to Hydra, doesn't it? <laughs> like it's it's like oh that on, it's like that on soap operas. Like the main villain on a soap opera is involved in every little thing in that series. I watched Passions with Spike. We shall never speak of it. Yes, I actually did watch Passions. Believe it or not, 
I believe it. <laughs> I don't know why, but I believe it. Hot chicks with magic. That's all you needed. And Hartley. And, <laughs> and that's actually the first place I actually saw Hartley. Like, when I actually saw him on... I, yeah. Yeah. And he's and, back on soap operas now. Yeah. And and that's... A, and ironically, I actually saw his wife on that show before he showed up, which is weird. I don't think they're married anymore. Yeah, like, I I heard they divorced in, like, 2008 or whatever. But this is why you're going to get a tangent time if you've never heard us before. Hence the name. Hence yeah, the no. name. Um, Wait till we can tell our Supernatural uh, talk. I have a huge rant for that one. Yeah, yeah um... I was I was shocked and amazed and so surprised. First of all, to see that Andy Circus actually has a face. <laughs> He's a real person. Because I I, I le legitimately forgot what he looked like because people were like, "Oh yeah, that's Andy Circus." So I was like, "Really?" Because like I'm so used to seeing him as Caesar or Gollum that you like like he doesn't even really need a human face. He's the one yeah. guy. He's the one guy I could say that about, really. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that that was him in the, um, in the Age of Ultron trailer, and what amazing, amazing CG work they did with James Spader. Oh yeah. And th th his dialogue chills me to the bone. Worthy. Well, Spader's just, I mean, he's just a great at, he's come a long way since Stargate. And, Whoa. and, and Bob, well, the, the first thing I ever saw him on was Boston Legal with Shatner. When was that? Um, late 90s. What year was that? Um, okay. it was on Fox. I don't know if it's on Hulu Plus or not. I think it still is. Okay. He's just, oh. Yeah, I just remember watching him as Daniel on Stargate as a kid back in, well, Released in ninety four, I mean, but I watch it. Not a knock. He's a weird looking dude. He's a he's a unique looking dude. James. I mean, he pulls off the. I mean, he looks like a supervillain. If you've seen the blacklist at all. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I. Yes, I have. Um, I love that. That's really him in Ultron. Like the motion yes. captured him for some of that. And how far is? Well, motion? they built they built part of the suit too. He wore some of it on set. Which is good because I, I'm sorry, it really helps the actors out when, like, it's not just a it's not just a stick with a dot you're talking to. Well, I mean, I mean, if we're gonna be honest, like, in Iron Man two, Iron Man three, and then the Avengers, I was I was fairly underwhelmed by Iron Man's armor, and that's because they didn't put as much detail and attention into it as they did in Iron Man. Just just admit it, sir. You wanted the spinning rims. That's what that's what you wanted. That that is what I wanted. <laughs> now, I mean, but 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 really though, I I really missed how they used the more practical effects and actually built part of the, most of the suit and used that on set because you didn't get that in the other movies. It was all CGI, and you could definitely tell. Well, again, it's because they didn't. know no, how I mean, to... it wasn't bad. Well, it it, just, I was going to say sad. again, they didn't know how to do it any other way back then. I said back then like it was a long time ago, but like, this was like fairly new technology. Um, I mean, but I guess what I'm saying is I thought the Iron Man suit looked more real in the first Iron Man because they used the pre more practical effects and they actually built part of it. 
after that, it didn't look nearly as real. I think the and I'm big, glad they're kind of going back to that with Ultron. I, I think the biggest offender of that was Iron Man two, on the on the on the oh, yeah. track. Like, oh yeah. Well, I can't really even say Iron Man three. He was hardly Iron Man in that movie. Yes, but Iron Man two for sure. Yes, he was. He was. Um, that was the Dark Knight Rises of the Iron Man films. Yeah, except I, a lot worse. I mean, it really was. Except, except I like Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, but he, but here's the thing about Ultron though. Um, when you actually see him fully developed, you can see his eyes moving. That that chilled me. And I just can't wait for him to go all ballistic and psychopathic like the comics. That's I can't I can't happen. wait for Captain America to, to go, dude, you broke my shield. That was my source of power. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong. Next he breaks the hammer. Yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That's how it happened in the comics, isn't it? Like the one thing that broke Cap's shield was Ultron, right? Uh, the first thing that broke Cap Shield was in The Secret Wars, and I think it was... Best thing ever, by the way, that Marvel's done to this day. Secret Wars is still my favorite Marvel series, period. And for those of, but, you, that, um, and for those of you that have seen Spider-Man, the animated series, towards the end of that series, they did do kind of a modified Secret Wars. Yeah, yep. And I can't wait to do, for the, them to get back the right. That, that's why I want them to get the rights all back because then we finally get to see a secret war. Yeah, well, and then the comics too. I, our Ultron is built out of a, a, the same adamantium as Wolverine skeleton, and the same vibranium as Captain America's shield. So yeah. it's pretty, that's why he, pretty good recipe, isn't it? Sir? vibranium and adamantium. Not a bad, not well, a bad cocktail. The funny thing is, like, at least in the earlier comics, and like for the good majority of the time Ultron's been around, they've never been able to destroy his body. They've only ever been able to deactivate him or destroy the insides, but they can't destroy the shell. It's kind of because like, it's so indestructible. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you you know more about Marvel than I do. Ultron is a mixture of Hell Nine Thousand, Hell Nine Thousand from Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, the Terminator, and Brainiac. Just a little bit of all those just mixed into one. That's kind of how I describe them, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of a useful thing with Ultron, because you can't really kill something that's not a living being. Well, right. And it has no emotions, no fear. It doesn't care. It just wants to destroy everything. Like, I, if you want a perfect picture of who Ultron is, watch the next Avengers animated film. The one about the children of the Avengers who would go up against Ultron. In that movie, Ultron has enslaved all of humanity and killed all the Avengers. Um, it's such a perfect picture of Ultron. Let's talk about your two favorite characters on a Quick Whedon and Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Ugh. I mean, I'm sorry, is anybody else grossed out that the, 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 the these two performers you played husband and wife in Godzilla and now they're brother and sister in this Marvel Cinematic Universe? That's what that that's what Divergent did after the uh or the Fault in Our Stars did after I Divergent. They were brother and sister and then they were lovers. Yeah. That, that well for the for, for for those of you well for those of you that are living below the Bible Belt, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See now I'm gonna get hit on me though. See we're all I mean original originally it was Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, so Yes. And we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that in a second. But do you feel any better about this before before um 
the this trailer about these two? Or are you still on the same? Um, I I still think they're just being thrown into the movie. It to me, it makes no. It just doesn't look like it really matters and to it, the and it really, and, at all. And it really like. It feels kind of overkill because they're making Murray Hill an Avenger too. So why? And they're bringing Fury back. So why do you need more characters? Yeah. If any, is... if anything, bring them in like Captain America three because of what we saw with Baron von Strucker and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Not to mention all those. Well, I don't know if I should say that if that's too spoilerish, but. Not to mention another Avenger, Caped Avenger, who might be joining the team. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, yes, because that's that he that is his first appearance, correct? Yeah, I mean he he's created by Ultron, so, and they've been releasing promo pics with him in it. So. And and a nice and a nice thing about Black the Black Panther we talked about earlier. Um, the only source of vibranium on Earth is actually T'Challa's home village. Yeah, in Wakanda. In yes. his kingdom, yep. Yes, and no, and no, that does not mean y'all should go to Africa right now and search for vibranium. Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> that, Fiction. That would be a problem. <laughs> Fiction. I mean, if you have frequent fire models, like, go for it. Fiction. Fiction. Um, spe- speaking of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, um, first a funny story and then a serious question. I got food poisoning from Little Caesars, like, um, around Veterans Day weekend, and I had oh, to yeah, that's the, hilarious. And I had, and I had to go to the hospital. No, here's the funny part. I had to go to the hospital, and I was obviously like, because I had lost so much fluid in out of my system, I really needed to sleep. And I was in the emergency room, and I was waking up. I was thinking, oh, how messed up it would it be if somebody just said this to me, Mister Kim? You are to be the new fist of Hydra. And then all of a sudden I'm missing my my dominant my dominant arm and everything just went icy. And then Oof. and then Michael rips off my mask and just says, "Woo, who the hell's woo?" <laughs> See, you you must have had some weird dreams when you were out. <laughs> but I'm but I'm messed up. It would that be if Zola was just standing over me? Yeah, that would be a little much. Yes. Um. Speaking of Captain America, what do you think of Agent Carter so far? Of what the promo videos that we've seen, I like it. I like that it looks like a new, like a, like a period piece. Yes, I do like that. I mean, to be honest with you, just because I, I just don't, I don't watch Agents of Shield. I probably won't watch Agent Carter, but it looks, it looks really cool. I just have way too much to do it to watch Agent Carter as well. So I mean, I but that it looks a, really cool. That is not a good excuse, sir. Sorry, that is not a that is not a good excuse. You I'm sorry, make, dude. You make time. I, I I understand if you if you don't have time to watch Constantine, which I don't watch Constantine, but still you make time for Agent Carter. I'm I'm way I stopped kind of stopped watching Constantine after after episode five ish because it got so repetitive. Well, but I have the mid-season finale, so I'll probably watch that. Well, Agents that. of S.H.I.E.L.D. is now on Netflix, and so watch I'm assuming season two will be there soon, when season two ends. But, yeah. But I, I, I'm I just... I've heard it's really good, and I know what happens. I just don't have an interest in watching it. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing Peggy and the Howling Commandos back, and Howard Stark, because I like Howard. 
Yeah, if I were watching that show, I'd watch it for Dum Dum Dungan for sure. Dum Dum Dugan, you mean? Yeah, Dugan? Dum, yes, yes, Dugan. Yes. Um, and it would ni be nice to get some. I know that the guy's name is Toby, the guy who plays Zola. Would nice to see him, like, infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. at the very beginnings of what is going to be the new Hydra. That would be interesting. Yes, I. Uh, I mean, obviously they're doing this for ratings. I. I'm looking forward to it for two things: to see Haley Atwell again because she's hot, and um, the Joe Johnston and the Russo brothers will be directing some of these episodes too. That's sweet. Yes, I. J I just think the concept works better as a one shot, in my opinion. And I think that's the what this is gonna. Good. And that's what I think this is gonna be because it's only gonna be like seven episodes. Ah. Yes. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just so di I'm just so disgust disgusted by this as a fan. If you're if you're looking forward to it, it's fine. The cavalcade, the cavalcade of th this forceful DC, these DC adaptations just makes me shake my head from the Suicide Squad and. You know, Supergirl and apparently Krypton. If you're looking forward to it, or if anybody that's listening to this is looking forward to to it, good for you. I'm not knocking it. I'm just with my eyes closed doing a face palm shaking my head. And, and yes, I'm literally doing that right now. Let, let me say this, though. Out of any network that could pull off Krypton, sci-fi is definitely it. But, I will probably watch, if not just because it'll be on sci-fi. Yeah, and I'm thinking that it's going to be like Battlestar Galactica with with Krypton, which is nice. Not and it's not Jor-El, it's, it's his father, which will be interesting. But who I don't, knows? I don't know, man. It could be really good, could be terrible. I don't know. I'll give it a shot. The, one, the one thing that I think could work, actually two things, the... One is Teen Titans. That could work. That could work. Let's see. It could work. I just don't care. <laughs> I'm with you on that. And Preacher, just because it's going to be on AMC. Preacher will work because it's on AMC, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't watch that either, but that will work because of that. Yeah. Um, and, and when, when will it be announced that Izelby gets script? I'm sorry. I'll just be shocked if Constantine gets another season too. Su Suicide Squad just does not appeal to me. You could have the best actors in the world doing this. the The story is just flimsy as I'll get. Live action, animated wise, it's fine because you can go to places animated that you couldn't necessarily go, like. Live action, but this like just makes me shake my head. You could have like the greatest actors of all time doing this, but I'm just not looking forward to it. I may go see it, I may not, but you know. You'll go see it. You know you will. I don't know, man. I didn't see Big Hero Six mainly because I didn't have the time. Big Hero Six was funny. Yeah, I'll probably. I loved Big Hero Six. I I'll thought it was great. I'll probably invent it when it comes out, but. I don't know. Do you feel differently about this? Because this just really makes uh, me makes me think that Warner Brothers says, "Oh, we're still here. Oh, we're still here. Oh, we're still here." 
here's how I feel about it. If Marvel can do Guardians of the Galaxy, Warner Brothers can certainly do Suicide Squad. And here's why. Suicide Squad has villains that have been backed by heroes for decades. Guardians of the Galaxy has only really been a comic book for the last 10 years. I think they could easily pull it off. I think the actors they got on it are good. Um, I, I, it truly just depends on the story if the story is any good. No, but no, I, I will be going to see it for sure. No lie, I do not envy Jared Leto trying to follow in Heath Ledger's footsteps. But here's the thing. I love Heath Ledger, but if we're truly going to be honest, the only reason he is so hyped is because he died right after the movie. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree. But there is a lot of cult of, cult of personality around him. But the fact is, like cult of personality or not, that's still there. And it's not, yeah. that's not an easy task to follow. Jared Leto is a good enough actor. I think he could do it. Yes, I've I've pretty much complete faith in him to do. But to I mean, uh, Suicide Squad is what the same thing I felt about a Sinister Six movie. I I'm with Steve Glosson on this when he says I don't want to see a movie all about villains. I really don't because the few comic books I've read where the villains actually took over, not not the best material on earth. Let's be honest. Suicide Squad's always different though because even if you look at the Suicide Squad on Arrow. I mean, how great have those episodes been? Have we ever talked about Arrow, sir? Have we ever? T- We've never discussed that show, the show between the two of us, <laughs> ever. No, never. Ever. But but really though, <laughs> if, if you can make it work, if you can make it work both on either Smallville or Arrow, and which for the most part it has, I think you could definitely make it work in live action. Especially since a lot of the times in the Suicide Squad books, the characters get so developed that they feel more like anti-heroes or even heroes than they do supervillains. You know, they're supervillains at the start, but, but but by the time they get out, they're usually not. But you know, you know this more more than just about anybody because like I, you are a very intelligent, fair comic book fan and geek. The only reason they cast the people they did for this thing is because if they casted no names, no one would care. Exactly. Yep. No one would care. That, For sure. That, 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 is, that is the biggest insult to me with this. You cast big names for a project. Hardly anyone outside this new mainstream comic book. I'm not even going to say comic book fans because, you. I mean, um, this is our show. I can pretty much say, say, say this if I want to. The people that really, really love the Avengers and wear Avengers t-shirts and blah, blah, blah. You barely opened up a comic book, so you're not so you're not you're not like a like you're not as big a geek as you say you are. You're a movie fan. That's what you are, and I'm not knocking you for that. But that does not make you a geek. There, there's my little which rant. is true, which is tr- which is true to a point. I mean, obviously, it depends on who you are. What I wear Avengers t-shirts, but then again, I've grown up with those characters. Well, well, then again, but again, if I but if I throw out the name, let's say like Foggy Nelson, you you would say, oh yeah, I know who that is, rather than looking at oh like, ab- absolutely yeah who's dead by the way yeah or. <laughs> Or if I or if I throw throw out a, an obscure obscure not even obscure you know you know how many times I've worn my Shazam T-shirt and the uh, like everyone said this oh Flash oh I know that that just it kills me and that does kill me and I know and I know you're a real geek if you look at my shirt and say oh just say the word right 
Yep. Um, here's my thing about the casting of The Rock for Black Adam. Who can you get that's cooler than Dwayne Johnson to play Billy Batson, a.k.a. Shazam? You just get Vin Diesel to play Captain Marvel and you're good. No, I'm kidding. I mean, that's, I mean, you know what I mean, though? Like, you cast probably the coolest guy ever to play that role. Who's cool enough to play the hero to somebody like The Rock? I, I think the real question is, why isn't this movie part of the DC Cinematic Universe? Touche. Touche. Totally. Because that... Because that does tick me off. Like, I don't want him to be on the Avengers team. I, I truly just don't. Because I don't like Shazam or, on the Avengers. Or, I don't think or, it's... Or the Justice League. The Justice League, sir. You're mixing and matching. Yeah, that, yeah I'm losing it. Yeah. But, that, yes. Yeah. But, you, never, um, you never had a you. lot to begin with, sir. So, don't worry about it. Fair, fair, fair <laughs> point. Fair point. Touche. But, but, but really, though, I, I, I think not connecting it is kind of a waste. And here's something old school for uh, the the real hardcore geek fans. And yes, I use the term real because I'm really, I mean, if I'm going to be a hipster about something, I'm going to be a hipster about this. I was, and like you, were ridiculed for liking this stuff, but all of a sudden it's cool to be a geek. I'm going to be cool. I, I, was, I was one of these before, you know, it was cool. And I'm probably going to be like... A fan of this one, it's not cool again because, you know, sooner or later that's going to happen again. Because all these go in cycles, let's be honest. And if WB has their way, it may happen sooner than we think. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. And I, I agree with you 100% there. I want to go back to a minute, though, for to something you said before. Okay, and then, I have, Suicide about, Squad. then I have to talk about Superman and Shazam because this is something that's like okay. been on my mind for a while. But go ahead, go ahead. Okay, this will be quick. Okay. The, when when you said that the only reason WB casted those actors in Suicide Squad is because that's the only reason that people would go see the movie, which is absolutely true. What about Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange or what's his name is Black Panther? I mean, truly, I mean, truly, most people aren't going to think twice about a movie like that, especially when <laughs> movies about sorcerers really just don't like. Let's look at those Nick Cage movies for goodness sakes. But or Harry Potter, that I mean, those were good, but that's a different story. But it's different most, in the, most stories. But in, it's different in this sense, and I'm and I'll, and I'll give you credit that is a good point. But the difference is with Marvel. Marvel's always done that with 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 their with their characters, though. DC has really prided themselves on like you know letting the characters speak for themselves and. You know, you know what? Like that's why I'm offended by this because Marvel has done this ever since the studio came to be in 2007. Yeah. Like they've always done this. I have no problem with it. At least Marvel's consistent. DC is just doing this because they want they want people to get you know to to you know get get some buzz and to get people watching the movie, which is fine because you know what Disney did did it this season on Once Upon a Time when they brought the Frozen characters in. That's the only yes. re reason they brought them into Once Upon a Time. Let's be honest. And yep. I have no problem with that. How was that, by the way? It was good. And the way they left it off, it really doesn't affect a second Frozen movie. The way they left it off. Oh, that's cool. Okay. 
Cause they, cause they, they made it a continuation of the first film. But if they never mentioned that in Frozen Two, it doesn't hurt it in any way, which I thought was really cool. That is really cool. Okay, okay. that's sweet. No pun intended, by the way, with the cool thing. <laughs> Just let it go. Yeah, and by the way, did you love that when the director recently apologized for? Let yes. Let it go. <laughs> that was so funny. I mean, you ne you you ne you never you never know when when something's gonna really take off, and Frozen has really become the biggest animated film in in Disney's history. I think since Beauty and the Beast. I don't think critically, fan reception wise, like an animated movie has not been as like popular as Frozen since Beauty and the Beast. I mean, Lion King. Well, Lion King, yes, but that was like at the tail end of. I'm talking about critical awards wise, pop culture oh, wise. Yeah. Because I remember like when that movie came out, Beauty and the Beast, everybody was saying, be our guest, be our guest. And, and Simpsons doing the very funny, I love my best, I love my best, be my best. <laughs> See? It is, it is funny. Um, people always ask me this question, and I'm really tired of this question. Um, this and another question about DC Comics. Who would win in a fight, Superman or Shazam? And I think one of the writers said recently a very wise thing. Depends on who the book book's about and who the writer is. Yep. But that's with any character. I always hate those fans that are like, Batman could never beat Superman, or Superman could never beat Batman. Because here's the thing, depending on the writer, depending on the situation, depending on literally everything, it just depends. And it Bat both of them have written one in different comics. And really, and in different and, animated and for Shazam and Superman, it really, it really does depend on the writer because their powers are pretty much dead on similar. Yeah, with the exception that Superman, the only reason he could be weakened by Shazam is because Shazam can magic. Yeah, and let's let's face it, there is no it is no coinky dink because Captain Marvel, originally Captain Marvel that became Shazam, was created as a response to to Superman by another comic book company before Shazam was brought over to DC. Yep. Yeah. And then yep. Then they were bought out, just like the Charleston characters. Just, just like Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle was not originally a DC property. Yep, neither was the question, and then there are a few others that I don't remember. Yeah, Shazam is pretty much, pretty much, pretty much the Watch, the Watchmen graphic novel was written about all these uh, Charleston characters, like Blue Beetle and the Question, obviously Night Owl and Rorschach. But then they decided that once they were brought into the DC universe that they were just going to do original characters. Yeah, and and the and the thing the thing with the these two characters now I love Shazam. His villains are kind of lame other than Black Adam. Like as we Savannah's saw, cool. As 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 um as seen in the awesome Robot Chicken Robot Chicken DC Universe special part the first one when they actually brought in Mr. Banjo. Well, the problem with like Shazam is he only really has three villains: Black Adam, Doctor Savannah, and Mister Mind. And, and they're all like they all work really well. And Captain Nazi, which I love that name. And yeah, but that's more Captain Marvel Junior. 
Yes. Um, she's the one who broke his legs or whatever. And and it's true. The more superpowered you are, the less of a rogues gallery you have. That actually segues into into another discussion up about a about a certain fast man, right? Fast. The fastest one alive. Well, not Superman. The and that's an and that's another old school discussion. And I say and I say this with all love with Superman. Flash is faster because Superman's strength, Superman's speed rather, comes from his strength. Fla yeah. Flash Plus, is the Flash is connected to the Speed Force. Yes. And, 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 and Yoda will get star in the Flash. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to reverse Flash. So you, you've caught up, right? Oh, of course. Okay, good. There was that's no, there was no, there was no way under Gus Hot Sun. Well, first of all, this had gotten more hype than Smallville and Arrow and Gotham combined. Uh, because it's so good. And because Jeff Johns is one of the executive producers. I mean, it really does. Oh. It really does show when the boss is involved with with something. It's gonna go like to infinity and beyond to quote Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. And, um, there has been no misstep, other than a couple meh episodes, like, but there's really one and two, like, when the Flash is named for one, and the bully, which I think is the same episode, other than that, like, and the Plastique episode, other than that, like, most of the episodes have been really good, and no, it's not just because but of... Even those episodes have had really big gems in them. Yes, and no, it's not just because of Felicity's hot black dress that she wore when she, she came up with the first time. Yeah, I was a... That, okay, going rogue, that Captain Cold episode, oh my gosh. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for, just comic book fans in general, for years... I mean, Michael Bailey, who, like, we call the professor in the geek podcast world, he had nothing but good things to say about it, because really there was no, there was no flubs. No flubs at all. No. I find it kind of, I find it kind of funny, not funny, haha, funny, ironic, that the um, Central City Police would actually let a eight-year-old look at a, like, a corpse, like, Tamper with evidence, but okay. <laughs> for as, especially for as long as he did. Yes, like, like where, where are police? Like, say, no, 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 don't touch that. You're not allowed to touch it. You see that, like, in, in formative of cop shows and genre shows. Where is that here? And you're not wor worried about traumatizing that little boy. <laughs> no kidding. I, I was half expecting like a seminar for Central City police officers from Gotham City. Like this is what this is why you don't do that. And then they just point a picture to Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do know that Wayne Tech exists in this world, so and Queen Consolidated. Mm hmm. Yes. Um. Really, no, no flubs whatsoever. But I think. The best acting goes to Jesse L. Martin, who plays um, Joe West. He really either him, either him or Tom Can Tom Canavan, who plays. Well, Ka well, Kavanaugh, like 
His thing is more stereotypical villain. I like Jesse L. Martin a little bit better because he really is the the Jonathan Kent of this universe. Well, really, yeah. yeah, which probably means he's gonna die of a heart attack. Crap, you're yeah. right. <laughs> Dang it! And Iris is gonna be like, no, not all too. I'm gonna say is they better not kill him off in season one. I'll be pissed. No. And 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 oh. I almost said Wally, but Barry's gonna be like, "Open your eyes, open your eyes, Joe! Come on." Probably just like that. It should have been me. And then, and then he'll call Oliver and say, "What was the name of that island?" Okay, is it sad that I can? <laughs> is it sad that I can't wait for Caitlyn to turn into Killer Frost and go evil? But here's the thing: like Michael Rosenbaum, you're like you don't want her to. Like, I don't want her to, but I think it could be really cool to see her and Firestorm face off. Because she's just so damn endearing in that role. I know. And, like, Pen Daniel Panabaker is one of the few actresses, when I saw her even as, like, a little kid on, like, Disney shows, I was like, you're, you're going to be much more than this, aren't you? Like, I could tell that her doing, like, the... Remember that, like, one Disney movie about, like, high school superheroes? Superhero Sky movie? High. Yes. I love that movie. She was in that movie, and, like, she, she like, blew me away with, like, being able to just take this, like, like ho-hum material and breathe so much life out of it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was actually in that movie as well. That's because that's actually a good movie. One... Well, it's it's an okay movie, but she well, was a fun movie. She really just blew me away from her acting skills, and do not do not misunderstand me, ladies and gentlemen. I love Cisco Ramon. Yeah, it's nice to see a smiling face, a guy that's just so happy. Because even even on Arrow, like the things that have happened to Felicity and around Felicity, like has really kind of like hardened her in a way. Which I, yeah. which I get, but I kind of, I kind of miss like Happy Go Lucky Felicity because that's not really there anymore. We'll get to that in a few minutes, but I'm really digging like Cisco's insistence on naming, on naming um these villains. Kind of reminds me of Lilo on Lilo and Stitch the series, wanting to name like all these like experiments. Yes. Yep. Um. Do you? It is the one of the biggest questions on the internet. Do you think, um, Doctor Wells, H.G. Wells, as they call him on Flash TV Talk? There we go. H. Uh, there's a little shout out for my buddies at Flash TV Talk. Do you think he is the Reverse Flash, or do you think he could be Professor Zoom? I don't think he's either. Yeah, uh, I I think they could. The I think the writers are gonna throw us. You know, uh, uh, a a curveball, and he's somebody that you're not expecting him to be. Maybe he's like the human construct of Grodd. No, I've, I, that'd be interesting. I personally think that he is an alternate future version of Barry Allen. Like, one, from one of the many alt infinite Earths, right? I think, well, I think... Because, I mean, if you look at him and Grant Gustin, he looks like he'd easily be an older Grant Gustin. Yeah, and I think that's what they were going for here is that yeah. you, you don't really know who he is. Obviously, with Iris and Joe being black, being black, and of course, once again, we know Michael doesn't like black people. <laughs> um, 
well, no, what's really funny is that Eddie and um, Caitlin I, look more like Barry and Iris from the comics than the actual Barry and Iris of the show do. Yeah, and I hate Eddie Thon. I hate him. <laughs> like, <laughs> good on you, executive producers. You you chose a bad guy to be a jerk because I just do not like this guy. No, I no, I really do think that Wells is a future version of Barry Allen who did watch his mom die and his sole purpose for coming back is to try and save it. And I think he's the red blur that was in Barry's house when Barry was a kid and no. he tried to save it and got stuck here instead. No, that's Clark, sir. The, the blur that's Clark. Hashtag small movements. Well, yeah, <laughs> but that's what I think. Um, I think. I think somehow he got rid of the reverse flash. I could not believe how good they got the, the origin of Barry's mom dying in the pilot episode. I was shocked because it looked exactly like it did in the comics and f the the Flash um, Flashpoint Paradox film animated film. Oh, that's such a good movie. Yeah, I but, need to rewatch it. But that. Do, but don't you agree? Did you have any problems with that when you first saw it? No, none at all. Even even when Reverse Flash started appearing on the show, like especially in the mid season finale when he appeared in his full blown uniform, I had no problems with any of that. Especially their fight scene, because it felt like it was out of the Flashpoint Paradox movie. The music for that fight fight scene outside of of Star Labs, even in the fight scene where they're kind of chasing each other and they go into that stadium, yeah, which is BC Place in Vancouver. I loved, I love him. Barry's like, damn it, he just, got, I almost had him. Oh yeah, and um, Firestorm showing up. And oh. and speaking of, I I could not believe. Robbie and Mel, I, I had not seen Robbie and Mel on Tomorrow People. We'll get into that a little bit later because they've they casted Peyton List to be Captain Cold's sister recently, and that was just that was just yeah, killed her. Yeah, that was just news um announced today. I could not believe how new but yet still traditional his quote unquote costume is. Yeah, the one he posted online. Well, no. Sweet. Well, no. Even the hair looks like the costume that we saw in the original comics. Yeah. And and one thing that I said on Flash TV Talk and on a couple other places is, <coughs> you can clearly see that CG has come such a long way in just like 12, 13 years. Because this kind of speed that they're doing on the Flash, you couldn't do that. You couldn't have done that on Smallville. They have no, you couldn't have. Yeah, and then again, you couldn't have done it without Smallville either. Well, here's the thing. One of my favorite CG moments is in like the first couple episodes. I think it is like in the second episode when Barry is like super speeding around Iris, and he's pretty much having a monologue with Iris's like frozen, frozen body, like right in front of him. I'm in love with you, and he's speeding. I'm, I'm really fast. Yeah. I, that was so classic Smallville to me, and Clark couldn't have done that with Lana in the first couple seasons of no. Smallville. Like that really just showed you how how um, technology has really moved forward. And I like that they made the, like the Speed Force speed look different than Superman's speed on Smallville. Like completely oh. different. Oh, it looks very different. I <laughs> I think it's awesome. The only thing they copied was the uh, like the bird's eye view thing of him speeding, but how else could you show him like moving through the city like that? Right, and that's traditionally a very flash thing, anyway. Yeah, and do you like the fact that the the suit that we see now is not going to be the 
the iconic Flash suit that we know and love. I personally like the suit we see now. I think it works perfect for television, but, but I'm glad it's going to get updated. But but we but the, I mean they even said it in that the teaser for the when they come back for the uh, back in January that Barry will get a more traditional looking brighter red flash suit well in the 2025 newspaper that wells has it's a different suit too. yeah and i like that little bit of bit of knowledge bit of like continuity and i also love that little like easter egg queen consolidated and wing tech merging or something yep and the crisis uh, i love that uh, uh, um now moving on to something that i i really don't love too much and that is supergirl Dude, Supergirl is one of my all-time favorite female characters. But are you excited for this series? Uh, exactly. Some of, some of exactly. it sounds okay. 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 Let's. Some of it sounds really cool. The idea of a Supergirl TV show sounds really cool. Some of it does not. On the other hand, I don't know. And here's the thing too. I don't know if I'm gonna have time to watch it. Yeah, doesn't that, mean I won't want to. I just don't know if I'll have time. I mean, seriously, there's so many, there's so many superhero shows these days. Who, like almost tries to, tries to kill me to watch well, them. And I mean, I have family, I have friends, I have school, I have you know, I have other priorities that I have to do. I have work. I work now. I mean, I, I just, I don't know if I'll have the time to do that too. That's why, that's why God invented Hulu Plus. Sir. Well, there's that. Well, so, I mean, I mean, seriously, but that, but that would, but that would require me to have money. But se- but seriously though, like the only destination programming I've had this year or since autumn autumn TV season started is Flash. Yeah, that's really been the only one for me too that I've had to watch. I mean, Sleepy Hollow I'd include in there too, but yeah. the Flash f- for the most part. Yeah, I mean, uh, more more and more Arrow. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, but really, Flash has really only been appointment TV, and even still, I set my TiVo for that just in case I miss it. Because, like you said, I I don't have time. All my all my classes are usually in the afternoons or at night. They lead into mm-hmm. the night. Yeah. Well, and I know the way I, my schedule is next semester. I have classes in the morning and at night. Yeah, here's the thing about Supergirl. This is my big thing with Supergirl always. Where is Cal L? Yeah. Where if is you can Super- explain where he is, it's not a problem. And even still, and I love, and I loved it when everybody was ooing and awing over the casting of this actress. Not knocking this actress, by the way, but you're you're knocking Gal Gadot, but you're not knocking this chick who, I'm sorry, is not in the in the same realm as uh, as Laura Vanderbilt. Yes. Like when uh, I think that's my biggest problem is she's not Laura Vanderbilt. If she were Laura Vanderbilt, I'd have no issue. When Laura when Laura Vanderbilt was cast in like 2006 to, uh, or um 2007, I had no problem with her once I saw her. It's like yeah, you look like Supergirl. Like this girl does not look like Supergirl to me. No, she looks, I hate to say this, because you're going to say, and this is where Michael hates women, but she looks kind of wimpy. No, you, she, no, you're, no you're, just a, you're just a tough guy that doesn't like weak people, sir. I said it. <laughs> See, 
See, any way you say it, any way it comes out, it sounds terrible. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just the, the concept just sounds so pandering of the time. I mean, like, I'm I'm sorry, like... Well, they've, they've basically changed the entire format of the Batgirl book now that they've taken Gail Simone off the book so that it's, like, it's written for people on Tumblr. I'm not even kidding you. It, <laughs> like, I, I can't read it. Like the, the like the third like the third season of Sherlock was like the current season of Supernatural is yeah um um speaking speaking of reading um like are, you, are you are you are you interested in getting Marvel Unlimited the app or the service that's where you pay a certain amount a month and you get access to everything right yeah that's actually a pretty sweet deal for ten fifteen bucks a month sir. Is it ten fifteen a month? Yeah. Are you considering it now? Once I get my first paycheck and see how much I make a week next semester, I will. Because that 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 does sound like a pretty sweet deal. It sounds like a pretty sweet deal, but here's the thing: like, I don't. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you're trying to come. What I was gonna say. You you gonna? I'm trying to justify not getting it and. Now I'm gonna have to try and justify myself not to get it because. Well, just... well here's the th well, here's the thing. I'm not sitting down and reading things all the time, and I'm until not... I and until I get a bigger screen iPhone or an iPad, like there really is no reason for me to get it because I'm not gonna be at my desk. Until you get the iPhone six. Yeah. <laughs> well, but even still, like I'm not at my desk all like I'm not like at a place all the time where the light's good and I can read comics like the. Like, if I was in, like, a frozen tundra, like, in Alaska, maybe I would. Because it would have a lot of time, like, sitting and waiting. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that is a really good deal. And, like, I, 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 I encourage anybody to go get that, especially if you're an old school Marvel. Especially if you want to read up on Daredevil, because there's a lot of good... I'm biased because I'm a big Daredevil fan. But there is a lot of good material there, especially by Frank Miller, especially by John Romita Jr., who's a favorite of yours, sir. Yes, that's true. That's that's fair. I mean, just I mean, you you threw out the name Frank Miller, and I'm thinking I can read all of Frank Miller's Daredevil, so yeah, I'll probably do it. And by the way, he is at least one, for a month. And by the way, he is the one that created Electra. That is true. Yes, well, I he, he's, the, he's he's responsible for basically everything big and important that's happened with Daredevil. The the Ramitas though are like are some some of the most influential writers slash artists that have been around the last twenty five years. So, I mean, they especially didn't, in terms of Spider Man comic books. Well, I mean, it is a it is a trend, and I, we are going old school geek here. If you worked on Spider Man, you'll work on Daredevil, and vice versa. Probably yes. Yeah, um, most likely, absolutely. Um, what is your problem with? I've always wanted to ask you this on air. What is your problem with Joe Joe Quesada? Okay, here we go. Okay. This is this might be a rant. Okay, probably not though. You'll probably get a pretty quick answer. One more day. For those of you who know what that is, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who have no idea, you're gonna get a little history lesson. It's going to be a terrible history lesson, but you're going to get it nonetheless. Are, are most history lessons terrible, sir? <laughs> well, this one's going to be terrible because of the content we're discussing. Okay. <laughs> one, one More Day is a Spider-Man story that happened because of the events of Civil War. Spider-Man was on the run, 
He, of course, revealed his identity to the world within Civil War. Spoiler. Sorry. Um, I am Spider-Man. And, and be, right. Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And because of that, he was hunted by a lot of people, friends, foes, everybody. Nobody liked him because of that, which really wasn't a shock. Because he's the sad man, because he's the sad man, sir. Because he's the bad man, because he's behind blue lights. (laughs) Yeah. Um. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, anyway. Edit, edit. Edit. Okay, anyway, go on, go on. Anyway, since... Spider-Man eventually turned on Iron Man and it went to Captain America's side. And because of that, he became public enemy number one for the Superhuman Registration Act, which ended up sending the Kingpin to send an assassin to Peter Parker's house, or not his house, to where he was hiding out with Aunt May and his then wife, Mary Jane. And the assassin missed Peter and shot Aunt May. And Aunt May was going to die. There was no way getting around it. She was she was going to die if Peter didn't do something. The way they the way they um drew it and the way they, the story was told, yes, like there was no way around it. Yeah, and this story was written by both in part by Michael J. Uh, I'm not going to say his last name because I can't pronounce it. But as he's he's huge, you'll know who he is. He's the writer of that epic Thor series that conclude that really started with Thor 600. Oh, he's, he's the one the- that was on Thor for like 40 years. Yeah, he was on Thor for a while, yeah. And he also did the Superman Earth 1 series and yeah. is still doing it. Or, uh, volume 3, I think, is coming out sometime in the spring. If Steve Blossom oh, was here, he'd know who he was, but go on. Go on. Yes. Him and Joe Quesada. And the way the series, or the four-issue miniseries ends, Spider-Man has exhausted his options. Doctor Strange can't save her. Nobody can save her. He's gone to everyone. He's exhausted everything. He's begged. He's pleaded. Nothing's working. You made a crossroads deal. Kidding. No, he did. (laughs) The the demon Mephisto appeared. Oh, yes. Yes. And said, look, I'll save your aunt, but it's going to cost you something. Something that's the most precious thing to you that you've ever had. And he goes, what? And he reveals to her that it's his marriage to Mary Jane. That if he saves Aunt May, which he will, with no strings attached but this deal, that his the entire history of Spider-Man will be rewritten, and that his marriage to Mary Jane will never have been canon. Now, the the primary writer on this, the one who I was telling you about from Thor and Superman Earth One, he did not want to do this. He did not like this idea. This is not where it wanted to go, so he backed out. At the end of it, he backed out. He didn't write these pages. It's not his fault at all. Joe Quesada took it in his own um, in his own power to write this, and because of that, Peter and MJ are no longer married. In fact, they're not dating. They're not together. They're friends, but she's off doing whatever she's doing, and Peter is on his own now. Is Gwen alive in this universe? No. No, Gwen is still not around. This is the current Marvel universe. This is this is everything that is current right now, and this and it's been this way since 2006 when this happened. No, and his and his reasoning for this. Okay, I was just about to get to that. His yeah. reasoning for this. This is so ridiculous. I'm so. Ugh. His reasoning for it is it's so unrealistic for a guy like Peter Parker 
to be married to a hot supermodel actress like Mary Jane Watson. And I'm like, you freaking idiot. You write a comic book about a guy who's been by a radioactive spider. How much more re- unrealistic does it get? And, and uh, let, let me, let me play a different perspective for you. Do you not like him as an executive? I think he's a great executive to Casita. I think he's a jerk. Not just because of that, I've never really liked him. But you, but I think he's doing a good job running Marvel. I don't, I don't know much about his writing. I don't know much about any of that. But I think he's doing a good job there. I think he hasn't run him into the ground, which is good. And he's trying to be as close to a successor of Stanley without actually beating Stanley. What they really need to do is just put Brian Michael Bendis in his place, like they did it with Jeff Johns over at DC. I think that's coming, actually. It better be coming because he'd be much better. Than well, I don't know if Brian Michael Bendis is going to take over for him, but I think I think with um, um, Joe Cusada, I think he might be moving on, and you know somebody else is going to take his spot. Uh, no disrespect, I don't know if I would like it if Jeff Loeb was that guy. I he's not nearly as good as he used to be, so I agree. Well, not with Marvel anyway. He's done good stuff with Marvel. His Hulk was really good, but. Yeah, but... Uh, and then Spider-Man Blue was fantastic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I heard about Spider-Man Blue, I was like, are you kidding me? You didn't learn this from Superman Red, Superman Blue? <laughs> well, because then they did Daredevil Yellow and Hulk Gray, and they were going to do Captain America White, but then it like fell through after like an issue or two. Oh, these colors, colors, I tell you. And I yeah. didn't even take ecstasy. Whoa, did I just say but, that? but they're really good because they're kind of done in the same vein as Batman The Long Halloween, where it kind of retreads on their origins and their darkest hours and stuff. So it's actually it's actually a really cool concept, and all the books are really good. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, I forgot this. I was going to segue into it, but I re-segued on the segue of segues. Segway. Um, what is your what is your opinion on Amazing on Spider-Man possibly getting back to Marvel and them getting a new Spider-Man? I, I would, of course, love the idea of Spider-Man coming back to Marvel because that would mean he could be in the Avengers, he could team up with Daredevil and Luke Cage and all the cool people from the new Avengers cast from the comics. And he could and he could um, do verbal... And he could be a part of Civil War. And he could do verbal bars between Star-Lord and Iron Man, which I think would be hilarious. Yep. Because um, he's kind of in the middle there, actually. Yes. But, but I absolutely abhor the idea of erasing the Amazing Spider-Man franchise to do so. Because, A, it has not been concluded. It is not story-wise over. But the way they left... I'm sorry, but the way they left it, though, you could start over. Maybe. I'm I'm just saying... With all that Sinister Six setup, I don't think you can. I think you can to a point with Spider-Man's character... But with all the teasing they did for not more villains, I, it's hard for me to be able to let go of that. Because despise it or hate it, at least Spider-Man 3 did feel like somewhat of a conclusion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this really didn't... But you know what, though? The second Amazing Spider-Man film got some, the, the, such a bad taste in people's mouths, and I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why either, because quite frankly, it's the closest take to the comic books that Spider-Man has ever gotten and it wasn't horrible it was not batman and robin no it's not and your villains are classic spider-man villains which that's my that's all my second point is that this movie is not nearly as bad and my third point is it still could fit in the marvel universe harry 
Harry Osborn like felt a little bit rushed, but again, so was Venom, and so was Venom, and less people complain about that. I feel. Yeah. Um. Here's the here's the thing about them. I I plus told, they uh, didn't they didn't kill Harry like they did Venom too. Yes, because like in the comics, when Gwen died, Green Goblin was not killed afterwards. Well, he was, and then he was gone for a long time. But yeah. Yeah, but anyway, um, here's how I've never actually said this publicly, so this is the first time I've actually said this. If they do yet another Spider-Man, um, do not go through a reboot like you did the last time. Oh. Do something different. Well, and I think it's a waste of talent to ca recast Andrew Garfield. Well, I think it's because the reason that they would recast him is that uh, that Spider-Man still belongs to Sony. But I think Sony has bigger fish to fry right now than if you've been paying attention to the news at all, which some of you have. I think Sony has bigger problems than just Spider-Man right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, ju I just, here's the thing. I, like, I really want Spider-Man to be in the Marvel franchise. I really want him of, to be in the of Avengers. all the characters that could fit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Spider-Man is the only one they can do it right now. At this right. point, right now. And and to be honest, his franchise right now could easily fit in and just maneuver in, and you could easily get around anything that would hinder that. I mean, it's it's not an issue. I mean, good grief! Like Amazing Spider-Man One could have easily fit into the Avengers. Yeah, I mean, but. But I don't want them to do that all in saying that at the expense of us not concluding the series. I, I, I know you don't want to leave doors open. You want to leave, you want to close all of those if you're going to re, like, yeah. relaunch. Cause I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's for the people that really have enjoyed it, which is the majority of the general audience, well, here's, not the comic book fans. Well, here's the thing about this, which is the most ironic thing of all, I feel. The whole reason that this franchise was even invented in the first place is because Sony would keep the rights to Spider-Man a little bit longer. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's probably, that's my whole reason why I don't have a problem with them, re like, taking him back. Because really, like, th this was just a sad attempt of Sony just trying to keep Spider-Man a little bit longer so they wouldn't revert back to Disney. Which I understand, but, you know, at the same time, like, you shot yourself but at in the, the same time, I think the movies turn out really well. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was sad that Sony had to do that, but I don't think it was a sad attempt because I think it overall succeeded. But then, the but, then again, but then again, I've never actually gotten a straight answer from any fellow geek so far on this question. What would the Avengers have been like if they, if they had Spider-Man from the beginning? I don't think you would have had the same Avengers team. Or, or them, or these... Or these now well-known characters like Iron Man to take the forefront. No, uh, I, I think you still would have had Iron Man. I think but you he still wouldn't would have, have been America. But he wouldn't have been the main guy. He wouldn't have been the main guy as he kind of is now. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I mean, you still would have had Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk. You would have obviously had Spider-Man. You could have probably maybe had Thor. But you would have also had to have put at that point... Um, Luke Cage, you would have had Miss Marvel, you would have had most of the Avengers in the current comics. Because here's the, th here's the thing with the Avengers. 
The Avengers was only created because they did not have X-Men, Fantastic Four, or Spider-Man involved in the franchise. And because they weren't the Justice League. Yeah. And, well, really, that's all the characters they still have the rights that they had not given away to. Like, that, that's all they had. Yeah. And that's one of the, and I, And thankfully, it made... It made all the Avengers that were in the first Avenger film, household names like that. But I don't think it would have happened that way if you had Spider-Man or if you had Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I don't think yeah. that would have been the case. Um, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I'm really, I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man being in the Avengers because... Like, he wasn't one of the originals, but you could do so much more with him, even more than you could with, say, Wolverine, in this universe, in my opinion. I just feel like with the X-Men movies, Spider-Man, he can definitely be a part of the Avengers, but he's still his own character, whereas with Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, and all them, they're stronger characters and they're stronger uh, money-wise when they're together, whereas Spider-Man, a lot of times works better when he's in his own film or his own comic or whatnot. Now that you mention it, though, I would not want him to be the focal point if they brought him back. Right, because you would lose all of that with the Avengers characters. Because honestly, the Avengers characters, and I don't mean to say this like in a bad way because I love these characters, but they're kind of nothing if they're not the Avengers. Yeah. Spider-Man is still Spider-Man if he's not on the Avengers. Wolverine is still Wolverine if he's not on the X-Men or Avengers. Yeah, here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought that up. You actually have, there actually is a um, some credence to your argument because we have seen in the last in in the last year or so, like ticket sales kind of dip with these individual superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And no, that was not the easiest thing in the world to say either. No. Yes. And and the only reason Iron Man three got so huge was because it Iron was Man coming. got two movies beforehand, and it was directly after the Avengers. Yes, and the reason and the reason Thor got the kind of attention it did was because it was directly tied to what happened in the Avengers with Loki. Yeah, but even at right, and I think most people probably saw Avengers or Thor two because of Loki. Yes, um, I'm I'm I'm. More open to it, but I completely understand why people wouldn't be. But we all, but I, I'm more open to it, and like I'm kind of scoffing at people hard because everybody's gonna say the same same thing if the if Spider Man does come back to Marvel, everybody's gonna be cheering, and I'm gonna be one of those people. Oh yeah, so will I. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I just I just would prefer it to be included with what we already have. But yes, and I, I and I completely understand that. Um. We haven't really talked about Gotham. I'm liking I'm liking the show because of what we've seen so far. Robin Robin Lord, Lord Taylor is a fantastic penguin in my opinion. Oh, he's fantastic. Oh my gosh. And you and his performances are off are off the off the chain so far. They've blown me away. I really like the guy that plays Edward Nigma. He's he's funny. Like that guy, <laughs> that guy could be Frank Gorshin's son. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the subtle references to Joker. Yep. Um, I like um, 
Uh, well, I'm not gonna say it. I, I, I don't like. I love the girl that plays Selena. She they, is so good. They, they casted some. The chemistry between those two kids is just phenomenal, and mm -hmm. I love that Alfred doesn't like Selena, which is kind of like mirrors what actually happened in the comics too, when they're yeah. actually married. In the Earth Two universe. Yes, I mean, and I love I. And I love, like, Ben McKenzie is like Jim Gordon because he's so unwilling to back down. Mm hmm Yeah, I love that. I, I love their version of Jim. He's I, so good. I, lo I love that we get to actually see different rooms in Wayne Manor for once. Not just, like, yep. three or four rooms. <laughs> yep. And, you know, part of what brings the quality is really that they're actually shooting in New York City. I know that doesn't seem like much, but it really does make a difference to me. That we're mm -hmm. not just seeing, we're not just seeing Vancouver. No disrespect to Vancouver for the eighth night time again. Yeah. Um, I look, I'm lukewarm on Bruce Wayne just because, just because like of the age he's at. Plus, but what I will say about Bruce Wayne in this series, I like that his origin story is not the focal point of this series. Right. Yep. Yeah. My big problem with Smallville is they they didn't do that enough in some places, and they didn't do that like um, they they didn't focus on it at some points, and they focused on it too much. I I'm here or there on Fish Mooney. I think I think like Jada Pickett Smith is kind of overplaying the character a little too much. Yep. Um, she needs she should get killed off pretty quick. I hope. Um. I love I love Ivy just because like she's just so creepy. Mm -hmm. Um, what did you think of Harvey Dent, sir? We've only seen him twice, but I think he's okay. But the first line that he says, the way, just the way his delivery is, like, yeah, you're Two Face. I could totally see you as Two Face. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's okay. And again, the two-headed coin, and it's the same. Two-headed coin, always. I love that. Yep. Continuity for the effing win. I love, um, I, I love Donald Logue. He's perfect as Harvey Bullock. He is. Oh, my gosh. He's so perfect. And we're starting to see the respect between Gordon and Bullock. That we'll, yep. we know what will happen eventually. Um, what do you think about Barbara Gordon Sr.? I like her overall. I don't like that she's sleeping with Montoya right now, but spoiler alert. Yeah. Have you seen it all? Yes, I have. I just finished okay, it before good, we good, recorded. Good. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to say, though, my favorite episode has definitely been episode seven, the Penguin's Umbrella, where everything gets tied together. That's yes. the episode where Jim goes batshit crazy. Yes. That episode is so good. My job. That is one of the best episodes my of TV I've seen in the last few years. My jaw dropped at the very end. It's like, yeah. holy, Oswald's playing all sides. Yeah. And we really don't know if he's really on Falcone's side either. It doesn't look that way. Or maybe it does. Well, from the mid-season finale, it doesn't look that way. Um, I, I loved the... Well, well, here's the thing. In the comics, we don't really see the... We see the crime families a lot, but we haven't really seen that in live action. Except for the Dark Knight. But, but even only, the, but, And the Batman Begins, but you only see that 
to a but, point. But really, exactly, they're only in the background, not in the forefront. In this yeah. series, they're in the forefront for once, which yeah. is nice. You, I I love that because my favorite Batman story of all time is Batman: The Long Halloween, and that's like and the major re- focus of The Long Halloween. Yeah, there is there is Joker, but he's not really the focal point of this series. Right, like he's in other books, and um, Two Face is in it too. And but the whole point is the crime families for the most part. That and in Year One and Dark Rain and all that. I love that it it's very evident in the first like first half hour of the pilot. It's very very clear why Gotham needs Batman. Because, mm-hmm. because we have a, I mean, we saw it a little bit in Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy and in the first Batman Tim Burton film, but it really wasn't as clear as it is in this series. Like, there's corrupt, there's literally corruption everywhere you turn. Yep. And it's almost kind of Hamlet-esque in a way. How long is it going to be until Jim Gordon breaks? I don't know. And it it really does feel like Hamlet, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I love that Selena actually saw Bruce's parents get killed. So in that way, they're still connected too. Yes, I really like that idea. Yeah. I mean, and I like the way they did the death. I thought that was really good, especially yeah. for us seeing it so many times. I thought it exactly. Was really How many times can you see Superman like Baby Callow's ship crash? Right. But I, I thought, but this felt fresh to me for some reason. I don't um, know why. Um, I I love that there really is no there's standalones, but there's still that one unifying theme going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if this was in the comics at all, but I love that there is some kind of conspiracy behind the Wayne's death. Yeah. There's something bigger going on here. Um, uh, one of my favorite episodes was the hints to the doll maker because I love that character. <laughs> the fact that he's back is, or that he's in this show too, as well as Arrow, is interesting. He's, but it makes sense because he's more of a Batman villain. He's a busy doll maker. Did you love? Did you like the casting of Zaz? Even though they used that guy on Flash like a week or two before that episode. Did they really? Yeah, he was the smoke guy. Oh my gosh, you're right. And then two weeks later, he was Victor Zaz. Uh, okay, he was fantastic as Victor Zaz. Because, yeah, when I first, when he did that monologue at the station, I was like, oh yeah, you're Zaz. You're totally Zaz. Yeah. Um, I love the guy that plays Valcone. Mm-hmm. Because he's not really like this upfront bad guy, but you still know that he's a bad guy. Or Badgie. Badgie. It's French. <laughs> oh, French. There really is nothing I don't like about the show. My favorite thing, though, is the Bruce. I, I think it was a little slow, though, at the beginning. It, it was slow. Like and the it, first six episodes were slow, and then episode seven, and you're like, holy crap. It is still kind of slow, but again, it's a procedural, too. That's yeah. one of my only things that I don't like about the series, that it, it does feel like a Law and Order-esque type show. But it works. It it works. And it's and it's kind of and it kind of needs to be like so many people are dogging on that and they're like this show's terrible. Blah, blah, but blah. how else can you retell the story of Batman without making it feel like fresh? Well, and here's the thing: they've said from the beginning this isn't a Batman. Sh- First of all, this isn't a Batman show. Second of all, it's not about Batman. It's about Jim Gordon. And yeah, Bat- they decided the, to bring Bruce Wayne into it, but 
Yeah, but he's not the forefront of the story. And that's it, kinda... It's almost it's almost kind of like how Lex's origin was after Clark's origin on Smallville. That's kind of how this is. Oh. Bruce's origin as Batman is kind of next to Gordon and his character development. Oh, excuse so. me, excuse me, Michael. Breaking news, and no, this is not a joke. Sleepy Hollow's Nicholas Gonzalez joins joins the cast of The Flash as uh, as Cisco's older brother. What's his brother's name again? Um, Dante. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, my favorite thing on Gotham, though, it has to be the Selena and um Bruce relationship because that is his true love. I don't care who who says that. I mean, and we saw in those last two episodes before the mid season finale that like like she she gets him without even him saying anything. Because uh, that's the thing with Bruce. He isn't really overly chatty. Mm-hmm. And I love, the, I love that even though they never... And even, even in the comics like this, they never say to each other, I love you, I love you too. It's, 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 not, it's not like Lois and Clark in that aspect. No. It's like... They probably look at each other. It's like, I don't want to be like them. And I don't want to be like Lo Dinah and Ollie. So, can we just, yeah, yeah, let's go to bed. <laughs> um, speaking of Arrow, uh, what a, what a opener of Arrow this season, sir. I really like the new Count Vertigo. I think he's pretty cool. Um, and this is major, 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 major spoiler alerts. I was not expecting what happened at the end of the first episode this season to happen. I was not either. We knew it was ha gonna happen, but I didn't expect it to happen in the first episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had talked about that last season, and we we're like, "Yeah, she'll probably die halfway through. It'll probably be Rachel Ghoul, Blah blah blah. Nope. We talked about that in Longbow Hunters. No first episode. I still <laughs> personally, well, I, I yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was like. I, Wow. The revelation that was, again, huge spoiler. Thea, though, I mean, that's, I mean, really, Malcolm. And, <laughs> and really, this actually, and I told this to a friend of mine, this just reaffirms what, what, like, what was established in season one. There's no way Malcolm Merlin can be a good guy. Uh, no. Because, like, at the end of the second season, they were like, yeah, maybe, maybe. But I like the idea better of him not being a good guy. And the way he d does it, to, the way, what he does to Thea was just the perfect way to do it. Mm -hmm. Just as, in terms of, like, in terms of just, like, storytelling. And the fact that this will cause a rift between Laurel and Thea probably for the rest of the series. Kind of like it is in the comics, too, with Mia and Dinah. Yeah, to a point. Like, like there is always friction between between them because technically, like Dinah is not Mia's mother, and and Mia is not technically not Dinah's daughter. Like, uh, and there's where that friction comes in, and this will ultimately screw up their relationship forever. Yeah. And I love that. I love that totally because. I think Laura will get it. Yeah, you didn't kill my sister, but you still did. 
It was yeah. still your hand that did it. And yeah. I think the only thing that that um that like will make make Laurel feel better is that yeah, I did it and I'm going to have to live with that for the rest of my life. I also really like the episode where they go where Roy thinks he did it. And then he finds out he killed the cop from last season because thank, I totally, I totally forgot about that. Thank, and I didn't, and I was like, when are, when are they going to mention that he actually killed the guy? Like I, like that's like the lowest point of that finale. And I thought, and I thought they were just going to brush it over. I thought the writers were going to brush it over. Because I'm, and I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they reminded me because I would have forgotten, and that would have been a waste. Yeah. And I would have gone back and watched that episode and been like, wait, whatever happened to that? Okay, okay. Two, two, another, another breaking um, um, development. Viola Viola Davis bags will play Amanda Waller in the Suicide Squad. If you see that new show, show How to Get Away with Murder, have you seen promo pics of that? Is she the lead? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's Amanda Waller. I have to say that is a good choice because she does look like Amanda Waller. I still wish it was CCH Pounder though. Yes. Because she looks like the woman. Yes. But I do like the fact that this version of Amanda Waller isn't like a skinny rail. Like, she does, like, she, she. I hate uh, how they did that with the new 52. Yeah, yeah. And with Because that, that's, par- that's partially her, and, and on Arrow. <laughs> Basically everywhere but here. <laughs> no. And Smallville. Yes. Yeah, well, Swaffle, at least she was a little bit, like Heavy said. She was chunky. She wasn't huge. She she wasn't Justice League Unlimited huge, but... Which I still think was the best one, like you said. Well, I agree. Um, (laughs) um, but, but no, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, like, I'm really glad how they told the story. I loved Nissa this season, because Nissa kind of was like, eh, to me, like, last season. Like, I still don't really like her. I think she's kind of annoying. But isn't Talia, too? Yeah, I wish you would have had Shiva instead. Ah, Lady Shiva. I think Shiva would have been better. And here's the thing. What's with all the League of Assassins people using bow and arrows? When that that's, not, that's not really how it works. They all use swords. Well, Ross doesn't use a bow and arrow, though. Well, Ross doesn't use a bow and arrow. But, like... Nessa and a lot of the other League of Assassins members, they are all using bows and arrows. Like, it's fine for Merlin, it's fine for Oliver, it's fine for Cupid even, but don't, oh, don't mean, let everybody use a bow and arrow. Yeah, because if everyone's say, using a bow and arrow, it's not going to be cool anymore. Yeah, I was just about to say, don't, don't say that about anything bad about my future wife, sir. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm okay with it being her because she's in the comics and she used a bow and arrow. I'm sorry, that That's is... Fine. That is like that one of the most beautiful women I've ever yeah, seen, really. seen in my life. And the fact that she has that kind of like mocking, teasing thing going on with her voice. Oliver, who cares if you're not in love with her? It's not like, it's the first woman. You, Hello, lover. It's not, it's not like the first, is it, it's not like it's the first woman you've ever slept with that you didn't have feelings for. Helena much? Oh my gosh, I hope Helena comes back. <laughs> I want her to team up with Laurel way too badly after I saw the promo pick of Laurel as the new Black Canary. Okay, you just segued it for me. You just segued it for me. 
Um, what do you think about Wildcat so far? Oh, I like him. Yeah. I didn't think I would, but I like him. I, thought I like the idea that he was a vigilante before and had a partner and everything because well, there have been more than one Wildcat in the comics, and I think that's a cool way to do it. Well, here's the thing with Wildcat. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This was announced, uh, I think, roughly around the time that... Um, roughly around the time that Brandon Roth was cast as the Atom. I think so, yeah. Um, so and Robbie was, and Mel's Firestorm. I think it was all around the same time. But no, no, no. I thought it was too much for Arrow. I thought it was way too much for Arrow to have all these new people come in. But when I saw him, when I saw him as, first of all, I was, I, I do not hate Hispanic people. I need to mention that. <laughs> Racist. Um, but no, everybody was like, no, like, Wildcat needs to be white and blah, blah, blah. Like, Hello, half of the boxers that you see in the world today are, like, of Hispanic descent. Now, see, I have no problem with him being Hispanic. I do have a problem with him being so young. And kind of short. Now, I don't even have a problem with that, because Wildcat, there have been times where he's been drawn shorter, and he's, been, and he's used that to his advantage. I don't even have a problem with that. It's a problem with he's not, I don't think, aged enough to have as much experience to train Laurel, see, in my and, opinion. And see, now that you bring that up, every version of Wildcat that's been out there, he is in his, like, mid-30s or early 40s. At his U- Usually 60s, because Justice League Unlimited, he's, his, he's well, in he's, his 60s. Well, generally, he's not He's not Oliver and Bruce's age. Yeah. He's not. He's much He's older. He's a good few decades older, usually. Yeah, yeah. But in this version, it's, it works, and I like the fact that there is no sexual tension between these two. I'm so Yet, glad. I'm there so, will be, believe me. I know it's a CW show, darn it. Yeah. But they do, but they've done such a good job so far that there yeah. is that there isn't. It's just really like a best friend, brother, sister thing going on. Yeah, and I and I, lo- and I love the idea of Ted training Laurel because that's how it's supposed to be. That's it works perfectly. What? I still think the idea of the Adam being on this show is weird. I still think he should be on the Flash instead. But well, the fact that the, Wildcat the, works though. Well, the fact well. Um, let me let me talk about Wildcat for a second. Um, we we talked about it when we did Longbow Hunters, like again seven eight years ago. Um, that that um, I wasn't comfortable with Sarah teaching Laura how to fight. I no. wasn't comfortable with Oliver teaching her how to fight. No, uh, I it needed to be somebody else because neither one of them would teach her. I knew we all knew that. And I mean, they'd teach her basic defense to keep herself okay, but not to go out and fight crime. No. Absolutely. Um, oh, before we stop talking about Wildcat, though, how much did you love the boxing glove arrow and how they did it? Okay, that was my. F- that's been my favorite part of the season so far. Because I know, way back from our Smallville days when we covered Smallville, I know you wanted the boxing glove arrow. And yes. I, and um, this this isn't going to go anymore because of this this is the class project. I, in my arrow script that I'm writing for a class of mine, I do mention boxing glove arrows. Yes. You, you have to send that to me when you're done. Okay. I've only I'll, written, I'll, I'll definitely read it. I've only, I've only written like, uh, like the first act, but when I'm, when I eventually I will finish it all the way through and I will send it to you. Awesome. There, there is no boxing glove arrows, but there is reference to one just because I had him say, well, I want to show Felicity that I still have some humanity. 
And this will show me, this will show her that I have a humane side. But really, though, seriously, it's a great way to punch people out without having to touch them or kill them. And the way they did it. Oh, it was so perfect. I didn't roll my eyes at it. And I. No. I actually kind of laughed because it was awesome just the way. way My favorite internet meme about that is there's this picture of Joe from The Flash and he's laughing hysterically in a chair. And on the top it says, so he put a boxing glove on an arrow? And then he's laughing at the bottom. It's so funny. Yeah. My my favorite meme from The Flash was, rest in peace, Barry's mug. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, um, but really, like we mentioned before, like, I, and I didn't want to burst over this. This really cemented Malcolm Merlin being a bad guy, what he did to yeah. What he did to Thea. I do not know why um, Willa Holland needs to show her mid-drift every episode, but I have no problem with that. <laughs> I do have to say, though, I'm kind of getting... And I don't know I've said this since, like, season one where when Firefly appeared, but I'm kind of getting sick of Batman people appearing on Arrow. Um, yeah, but at least it's still working. And it's not, and it's not even a problem that it's working. It's just, it's old. Yeah. Use Green Arrow villains. There are enough of them. He's been around for long enough. Speaking speaking of that, did you love it when the Clark King kind of crossed over on Flesh? That was so cool. That was so cool. And Joe got all his references? Yep. <laughs> I, I, I like that a lot. Um, I, I really did. Um, I, 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 I understand it. I love how... I love the guy that cast as Ra's al Ghul... He, I mean, he, he could be Liam Neeson in a few years. I could see it. Yeah, I mean, I thought, and I thought he was good too. And Don't get me wrong; I, I have no problem with actors. I just give me a Green Arrow villain. I mean, you've had Merlin in season one, you've had Deathstroke in season two. Both people have ties to Green Arrow. Rachel Ghoul is ties to Batman. He doesn't really care who Green Arrow is. Yeah, and here's and here's the thing about the guy. No, not a knock on him. But it's very clear that he was trying to be Liam Neeson yeah. in, in this most recent episode. I think yeah. he was told to be that. And he's open to it, which I love. Liam Neeson's open. Which was a missed opportunity. But it would probably have bank- bankrupt the show, to be honest. Pro- yeah. Yeah, there is a problem with that. Even if you leave it for five five seconds. um, I don't want to speculate what, what happened to Ollie in the mid-season finale. Like, oh come on! You know he's gonna use the Lazarus pit. I don't want to speculate. Here's the thing with that though: I'm getting sick and tired of CW promos because <laughs> they don't tell you anything and you get ticked. Yeah, and and the promos turn out nothing like the actual episode <laughs> turns out to be. Except no, for and the worst problem with the promo we just got, though, after the climb, after the midseason finale, was it literally just recapped what we had just seen thirty seconds before. Well, that was fun because it was the midseason finale. I don't. Have I know, f- but I'm like, why am I watching this? I, I just saw that. I don't have a problem with that so much as like the next episode, Quarter Maltese. That I mean, the Quarter Maltese said so awesome and. Oh my gosh, it was the most la- it was the lamest episode of the season so far. I do have to I do have to say though, Stephen Amell has said that season three is better than season two, but I have not felt that way so far. I, I totally have. Storyline wise, I totally have. Character development wise, eh. 
not so much. But I don't feel the episodes have been as exciting. Yeah, but at least they. It feels like it's been building to something, which it has. That is true. Which it has in season one. Yeah, because there were, really was a big disconnect between the first half of season two to the second half of season two. Yeah. There, there really was a big disconnect between the two. Um, and uh, I am really enjoying the flashbacks because I like the Hong, whole Hong Kong Okay, plot. for the first time ever, for the first time in forever. No, I'm kidding, kidding. Um, I, I love the flashbacks. Hallelujah, it's a miracle. Praise the Lord. Because, well, first of all, they finally have a story. <laughs> and and it's a separate story. And it looks like they, it's been it's been developed far in advance. Well, they've only been building it up since last season where him and Amanda met again. Well, no, but in, in this, it's like, okay, we're hanging out on the island. We're hanging out on the island. We're hanging out on the island. It's like... It's like they're building up to something that doesn't pay off. Speaking of paying off, I love that it's been confirmed that Amanda Wall was the person that Fires was talking to way back in season one. Yep. Um, I I love the fact that I can never pronounce the dude's name, but you know who I'm talking about. His Asian buddy in Hong Kong. Yeah. Who is now a... Matsu? Yeah, is that it? Member of the League of Assassins. That is cool. Yeah. So here's my question. Is it reversed from the comics and Katana and her child were killed instead of Katana's husband and child being killed? I'm assuming that's what it was because the way Oliver was talking to him. And I love the fact that he, the, that guy is not really mad at Oliver. Well, it probably was more Amanda Waller's fault, which is why he probably left Arcus. And this is probably why that when he sees him again in Nana Parbat, Nana Parbat or the um, the League of Assassins headquarters in the episode, it's like, I I still care about you, man. Like, yeah, we're, I mean, you and I, I mean, he doesn't say it like that, but we're cool. <laughs> like, we're like, we're cool. I do not want to see you die. Also, China White back. I love how they brought her back. Yes. And now, here's my question. I, did, I haven't gone back and watched the first episode with China White in season one. I need to, and I probably will, but I haven't yet. Does does Oliver have any indication of he knows who this is? I don't think he does. Because I don't remember. But but at the same time, you with the it's, it's totally a retcon thing in terms of writing. But the way you look back at it now, you can kind of tell, like, I, I know exactly who you are. But it's yeah. so subtle that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um. I I love uh, I I love how the writers have made this like minor character such a bigger character in the long scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Which is which is probably why when Oliver meets Amanda, quote unquote, meets Amanda Waller back in season two, it's like, oh great, this female dog again. Well, the, yeah, I mean, they definitely set it up in the, even in that episode so that, yeah, we definitely have a history. We definitely hate each other, but we have to work together. Yeah. Um, does it really feel like they're moving John Dickel out of the show? Yeah, and that really makes me nervous. I, I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. Diggle is not in my script just because I don't see a place for him. I really yes. I really don't. Well, that's my problem with Diggle. He's strong. He could be a superhero himself. But the show's called Arrow. Mm -hmm. And um, there is going to be a big falling out, I feel, between Oliver and Dig. I just feel it. 
Because mm-hmm. the way I even I wrote into my script, Felicity, even after their torrid romances on and off again, will not leave Oliver's side for whatever reason. Yeah. But I don't think that's the same with Dig, especially now with his new daughter. Well, I think, yeah, I think they'll definitely probably put Dig on a hiatus because of his family. And I think you'll see that. But I hope that doesn't mean he's off the show. Uh, um, speaking of um, old romances, I loved in the crossover with Flash, we see Sandra Hawk again. Yes. I, I was not expecting that. I was like, wow. I wasn't either. And then I realized, oh, wait, they did say she was moving to Central City. Yeah. And I love and I love that, like, the look on Sandra's face, like, I'm getting this for Connor. And he doesn't even know Connor exists. Yeah. And I love that the, that's the first person she calls, too. Yeah. Mommy's coming. Oops. Um, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Felicity... And Oliver, thumbs down, fart noise. Yeah, just stop. Please. Please don't do a Chloe and Oliver like Smallville. And here's For the, once, please stick to the comic book. And here's the this. thing with Chloe and Oliver. Chloe and, Chloe and Clark and Chloe and Oliver. That seemed somewhat organic. It did. Yeah. Mainly because Canary wasn't around. Probably that's probably why. Yeah, but 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 even so, like, there's that episode where they they do the target practice in the watchtower at night, and then like literally two episodes later, they're a couple without anything in between, and you're like, wait, what? Well, there was something in between, sir. We saw that a couple episodes later. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Okay. But but it's all right. This is where the puppy. This is where the Buffy stuff comes in, finally. Is Oliver and Felicity, like, the ver- the new version of Riley and Buffy? Of who? Oh, oh. Riley. Isn't, yeah. the, isn't that what this feels like? Yeah, but here's the difference. I kind of liked Buffy and Riley together. Because okay. they were cool together. Okay. I, I knew they wouldn't last, and I didn't want it to last. But for the time it lasted, I enjoyed it. I this, never, I will, this I don't enjoy. I never bought it because Angel was still around. Yeah, but he was on his own show at that point. But still, it still counts because he's not dead. Well, he is dead, but not in the... But not these guys, because these yeah. guys are... But, but seriously, it's, it feels so forced. One thing, b- before we get to Supernatural and Buffy... Um, I, I didn't think I was going to like Brandon Roth as the Adam. First of all, like I said on the podcast a couple months ago, wow, going from Superman to the Adam. Wow, that's a big step down. <laughs> but I but I really liked but I really like him and I love the music Blake Neely does for his thing. And I think that Adam costume looks awesome. And really he's not a bad guy, Ray Palmer. No, he's just trying to do the best he can with what he has. Even though it's the same old hackmeat story that we've heard, heard a thousand times in DC and Marvel. My wife was killed, so I have to become a superhero. Yeah. And I love I will, I will say this, though. I really hope that he eventually get, like gets rid of Queen Consolidated and, and moves to Central City or something. Do you... Do you like do you like the idea of Oliver not being rich in this universe? Because we have seen that in the comics before, where he does lose his. Yeah, life. I mean, right now he's technically not. 
I don't. I'm still not quite sure how he's getting his income right now. Yeah, I was just about to. That's the one thing I keep asking myself. In fact, I'm not. I was gonna say I'm not even sure where he's living, but I actually do. He's living. He's living with Thea. Yeah. Right. Which which only happened five episodes in, so I wasn't really sure what was going on. By the way, nice apartment too. That is a nice. It is nice. I hope they don't get rid of that set because that's a good set. Yeah. Um, But but I'm wondering, like, how? Where is he getting the money to? Do all this, right. it, and or, I feel like Thea's probably helping finance him a little bit. Well, yeah, I'm assuming that Ray Palmer does know that Oliver Queen is the arrow. I'm ass- that would make sense because how else would he be getting all this tech? Yeah, and I do love the fact that the Adam and the the Green Arrow in the comics don't really get along that well, and I hope we get to see that in the comic or yeah. on the show. Um, I love Felicity's line. Why do I keep falling for these same guys? <laughs> but but if we see the the adversity between Ray and Ollie on the show, I want it to be in costume as opposed to without costume because I think we've seen enough of it without costume. Yeah, and I, I think w- in the field it would be more exciting. Thank you, thank you, thank you, writers, for Star City. Yes. Or the idea that it's going to be called Star City soon. Yes. I, I, now, lo- I love that. Now, if only the comic book of Green Arrow could move from Seattle to Star <laughs> City. After however many years he's been in Star City, they decide to reboot him in Seattle. Okay. And by the way, Sherwood Florist. Love yeah. that. Yes. And I really like Roy and his outfit and his whole Robin-ish thing. I, I, I like that. At this I just po- wish we would develop him my, as a person. My last question... Well, first of all, here's a nice thing for you. Did you love for those few episodes Felicity played the role of Chuck? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking yes. Of, I was thinking myself, Michael must be loving this clip. I'm sorry, but Zach, Zach Levi, you were not as attractive as Emily Bitt recorded to. Well, no. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah Yvonne Shahovsky, on the other hand. Yes. Um I we have to we have to talk about the crossover episodes. I actually think the arrow one was a little bit better than the flash one. Just a little bit. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean the flash one was more for laughs. Love the logos, by the way. Yes. Do you love the do you love the logos? Yes. I loved. Those are really cool. I loved the arrow, the arrow flash logo rather than the flash arrow logo. Because mm-hmm. the the flash thing came in at, at like the uh, at the last minute. I I didn't see it coming. Um, I when they do a crossover again, I want it to be a little bit more organic than what they did. Not that not that what they did was bad, but it didn't feel organic enough for me. Well, I kind of want it to be like the same story. I, I don't. I want it to be like in the sense of Ollie, this guy's in Sterling, Sterling City, and I need to get him back. Yeah. Well, and then I like the idea that when they were chasing Captain Boomerang in the Arrow episode, technically he's a Flash villain. So I like the idea that the Flash came in. Which, by the way, what a great villain he was. I didn't think he was going to be that yeah. good, and he turned out to be great. Uh, he'll he'll be a great addition to the Suicide Squad or the Rogues, depending on who they decide to put him with. I, I love the fact that he, like, when he shot Lila, how real that felt. Yeah. 
Because you really thought Layla might die. I thought well, it, it was a huge different tone from The Flash. Because yeah. The Flash was very comic booky, but the era their episode was very gritty. And, and Cisco even says that like we're used to like things being a bit lighter here. Like why, like why I'm not used to this and blah blah yeah. blah. And who's the hottie serving the drinks? Yeah, and I love, I love, I love the fight scene between Arrow and the Flash in the Flash episode. In the in the contest that we didn't get to see again, just like in the comics, who's ever writing? Yeah, that that guy wins. Um, what wh one more thing about Arrow, and then we go on to Supernatural, and then a little bit about Buffy. Um, at this point, do you see in the near future Laurel and? Ollie getting back together, or Roy and Thea getting back together. At this point, I don't see it happening, and that's good. I like that they've separated both couples. I like the idea of Ollie and Laurel being separated for now, because I think they have their own paths and their own journeys and that they, they need to get through. And they don't hate each other. And they don't hate each other, and they're friends, and that's great. Um, I hope that they end up being back together. They have to. Because I think I think at least by the end of season five, which ideally would be all the seasons of Arrow we get, at least in terms of story. I could see going to seven. I like here's oh, yeah we've talked about that before, but seven I'm definitely okay with. But five is ideal. Five is a good number just because of the flashbacks. I agree. Yeah, but and by then I would love for them to be together, but mm. right now they don't necessarily need to be. As long as Ollie and Felicity aren't together, I'm okay. Yeah, and same with but, Roy and but Thea. But that's where they're going because of the stupid fan base. And same with Roy and Thea, quite honestly. They're not in a bad place, but, like... And I have to give it up to Will Holland for, like, bringing up her game acting-wise because she's a completely different character than she was, like, for the first two seasons. Yep. And I have to give big props to her for that. I don't know where this is going to lead with the Arrow family because it's really splintered because we don't know what Dia's reaction is going to be when she finds all this out, that Ollie is the is Arrow. She's going to be pissed. And everybody, really. Yeah. Like, she's There's not... No, because everyone knows. Except she... Including Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> and she's... And, it, and it's kind of the same thing with the Slate situation last season. She... She has no idea what's going on. Literally no idea. And yeah. when she finds out, the only person she's really going to want to talk to is Laurel. And she, Laurel probably wants nothing to do with her. And really so to some extent. And e But even Laurel, she might shun away because Laurel knows this too. Yeah. And I mean, there's no one on the main cast that she could talk to besides maybe Walter, who's not even on the show. Yeah, and she's going to be pissed off at Roy, too, because because he's, he's working with them. Yeah, and he's known this whole time, too. Yeah. He's known this entire time, too. And, one, and I kind of lied. The one... Isn't, isn't there, like, a big red arrow, no pun intended, around Paul Blackthorne that, like... You're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. Yes, and I keep, like, cringing, because I'm like, please no, please God no, please no. But speaking of big-time um, arrows being pointed that this thing is coming to an end, super freaking natural. Dude, that show's never going to end. But doesn't it seem like the last few episodes or so, they're tying things up? No. <laughs> even with Jimmy, Not at all. Even with Jimmy's daughter... 
Like, okay, I think the only reason they're doing that is to give Cass something to do, to be honest with you. And it's kind of nice that we actually find, we're finding out what actually happened to Jimmy. Yeah. I'm we, glad that they did, said that, oh yeah, he's been dead since Swan Song. Okay, that's great. That I'm makes, glad I know that. that Why ma- couldn't you have told us that four years ago? That makes total sense. And it kind of, like, furthers what, is the, her, his daughter's name is Claire, right? Claire? Yes. Yep. That actually kind of furthers, her point is like, you didn't find me because you're sorry. You, find, you wanted to find me because you feel guilty about what you did and what you've done. Yeah. And, it re- and, and she's right. She's right in a lot of ways because she's right, but Cass also is sorry. But and if and if he really could bring Jimmy back, if he could leave that vessel at this point, he would. But Jimmy Novak has been so far down the list of things for being sorry for. Yeah, I mean, let's not that he's wrong in thinking this, but let's let's be honest here. On the list of things he's sorry for, Jimmy Novak and his family was dead last. It's only because of Hannah that or Hannah that he he really feels guilty about this or brought this to his attention. Yeah, like if she never well because he never thought about it. Yeah, well, yeah, um, which is really sad. Um, <laughs> Sam is like the biggest like. Tag along to episodes ever, isn't he, sir? Like literally, he has no—he has no story this entire season. Okay, let let's be clear on something though. Neither brother has any story this season. Dean has more than two. No, they no, he does not. Because Dean. this is literally the same story we had last season. There's no story here that we haven't seen. Okay, um, none. I'm more compelled by Dean than Sam. I think most people are just because he's Dean, but I think we need to remember something. Dean has kind of sucked the last few seasons. Well, Dean has been on this like downward spiral. I mean, since five. Yeah, but, I mean, we've been waiting for him. To I mean, die the show has for so sure. many freaking times, and he has died like at least twice. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, let's face it. Like, like the writers are running out of things to do. It really does feel this way, and to link this to our Buffy discussion in a few in a few minutes, Smallville and and Supernatural have something that Buffy always had, and and it's this a very clear definitive end, and yeah. and this and this just shows a genre show should not last longer than seven or eight seasons. Well, and, he, and here's the problem. Smallville did have a definitive end, and it got there. Supernatural had a definitive end, and it passed it up and decided to go on five more seasons. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one, because it really wasn't a definitive end in five, six, or seven, even though we all wanted it to, quite honestly. Because, like... Because, hmm. I'm just going to say this right now. Smallville had no business going ten seasons. No, and I'm not going to complain that it did, but it shouldn't necessarily have. Yeah. I mean, we got good material out of it, don't get me wrong. Finally, after like five years of acting wanting Superman stuff, but it had no business going that long. I I, I said it in season seven. I said it in season eight, nine, and ten. We got good material, but I mean, they were just filling up time. and And it feels even worse on Supernatural, quite honestly. Well, it's worse on Supernatural because there's only so much you can do that you haven't already done. 
Like, like literally the majority of any supernatural like creature or entity or anything you you could ever face on the show you did within the first five seasons because that was your story. And you brought in new characters just just to leave doors open so you could bring go back to them. I.e. Garth, I.e. Sheriff Mills, I.e. Sheriff Mills' daughter, I.e. you know even like. Chubby but, woman from last season. Who but here's here's the sad part about it: the highest rated episodes of each season of Supernatural are the episodes that bring back characters who appeared in the first five seasons of Supernatural. Of course, of course, of course it did though. But what I'm what I'm saying is like, like it it's very. I'm I see what Eric Kripke originally set out to do. I totally see that now with these extra seasons. And here's the thing, season six and season seven, like, I mean, they're not terrible. They have a story and it's great. Whatever. Season eight, personally, I love season eight. I think season eight has had the best story. No, nothing, ba nothing bad to say that entire season. No, I really don't. I really don't. Especially that finale. Oh my gosh. Season nine. Season nine is terrible. Season nine just felt like two, three very long episodes. Season 9 is terrible, and Season 10 has not been well, any... no, do you agree with me? Season 9 was just, like, two or three very long episodes. Yeah. With <laughs> the only... The, here's the thing. Season 9 has some really good standalone episodes, but Season 9 as a whole, there's no plotline to it. The, if you got rid of Metatron within the first half of the season and then did Abaddon, it probably would have been pretty good. Or killed both like you should have done. Or killed both like you should have done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we've, but, all, we've been all waiting for that for like two years. And and here's the thing. Crowley, remember when he first... Remember in season five and season six when he was like scary? Season seven, you didn't really see him, so that doesn't count. But he was he was pretty much scary in season five or si in six. Yeah. Season eight, he was a really good villain. He's There's a whole episode in season eight, my friend and I have talked about this for hours, where he devotes a whole episode to melting down angel blades into bullets and shooting angels. And we have never heard about that again. It's yeah. one episode and you never see it again. And by, the nine. and by the way, where's Ruby's blade? Yeah, I know. I don't even know where that is anymore. Yeah. Like now they're using angel blades. Like what happened to Ruby's blade? Did you lose it or what? Well, and in season nine of supernatural Crowley what? is a wimp. Crowley. <laughs> Crowley is so and, lame. And he's he, literally the worst king of hell there could possibly and now, be. And now he's and now he's um has mommy issues. Which is terrible. Okay, and remember the episode really episodes trying, ago? They are really trying to make him spike, aren't they? They yeah. really it's terrible. Remember a few episodes ago though, where they had the prostitutes who were yes. selling their cells for the souls and stuff? Okay. In that episode, Crowley kills a demon for doing that because it's too evil. You are the king of hell. And I and I thought you were cleansed of that human garbage. Not to mention, you are the king of hell. Well, well, if you you still, are evil. You are a demon. It should not matter to you. Well, if you still had that human blood in you, I understand that. But I think it's been... And I really didn't like the odd couple thing they did with Crowley and Dean at the very beginning. I, nope. I'm with you. And then remember last season where he saved his son? Yeah. Okay, okay I have a serious problem with that episode, and we're going to do a real quick rant here. That in that okay or you in that are, episode, or you are. <laughs> in, in that episode where he saves his son Gavin from dying on the ship, it negates 
actually it negates a good chunk of season six and seven. Well, it and, neg- and here's and here's why. It totally negates weekend at Bobby's. That's exactly, crazy. exactly. That's my point right there. <laughs> because without Gavin's ghost, Bobby would have never gotten his soul back because they would have never found Crowley's bones to threaten him with. Bobby's soul technically should belong to Crowley right now. And it should still be in hell, which therefore negates season eight, where Sam went through the trial to get his soul out of hell. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. It sucks. Oh my gosh. I totally Most of my problems with Supernatural right now stem from season nine. And here's the thing. Season nine is great episodes. The Ghostface episode, great. The Bloodlines episode, amazing. I like, ugh, pisses me off. Um, my problem, my problem with Supernatural is that there really is no over, there is no spine to the series anymore. It looks like we're just, we're just killing demons for the sake of killing demons. Well, and can we talk about that too? Like, what happened to trying to save the people and the host bodies? The first five seasons, they did that. They tried. They didn't want to kill the demons with the knife. They didn't want to kill anybody. I guess it's just because they don't want these things coming back, like with Meg. And I understand that, but you're still killing innocent people. Um, but I will say this. One of the most haunting endings of any Supernatural episode happened this mid-season finale. I love that. Just that ending. Maybe not the whole episode. Just that ending with Sam and Dean. I loved it. I liked the episode as a whole. I hated it as a mid-season finale. It was terrible. Well, it was better than the one crazy hunter getting killed by Benny... And that's how they end the mid-season in season eight. I'll was, give you that. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was so stupid. But some, some of these just... Oh, can we pause for just a sec? Can yeah. we pause? Yeah, I, total, I totally agree with you. Oh, my female friends that are big Supernatural fans, they don't see it. Of course they don't because they're big Supernatural female fans. 200th episode, though. So much better than the hundredth episode. Tuner the episode was so much better than like the last se- whole season. <laughs> I loved the songs. I loved the yep. musical songs. I loved how the one girl playing um, Dean looked like Sorinda Swan's sister. Yes. Zatanna from Swan. It's like, is that Sorinda Swan's miniature? Okay, but favorite line of the episode. Who is that? Oh, that's Adam. He's the Winchester's other brother. He's still stuck in the cage I lo- with I lo- Lucifer. I love Sam. I love Sam and Dean's reaction. Like, oh yeah, are we gonna do something about Adam? <laughs> okay, but know what would be cool is if Adam ended up coming back, but instead of being possessed by Michael, he's possessed by Lucifer, and he just takes everyone out. Yeah, I- I'm sorry. Like that would give us something to do. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. This whole Rowena thing and the. One guy, who is it? Cody? Yeah, this this mother woman needs to die. Crowley's son needs to die. Crowley needs to die. Um, and the whole angel politics needs to go away. And, and, where <laughs> and the that, Mark needs to be done, too. And where, I, the hell, and where the hell did this Dean Winchester lookalike army dude come from? Where did he come from? The ones to oh, kill oh, see, I, I think he's been the most interesting part of the season. Which is super sad, but I I I disagree. I'm like, where the heck did where the heck did this thing come in? <laughs> like, you couldn't have done this in like season seven when nothing was going on. 
Seriously? But that but that's the problem though, Wu. Nothing's going on right now. Yeah, totally. Like there is no urgency anymore. No, is- and the and the whole demon the whole demon plotline as everyone's calling it, like it was just stupid. It was funny for one episode, but then it got old really quick. And, and here's the thing. what Besides the 200th, besides that, what has been the best episode of the season? The episode where Dean gets cured. Because <laughs> that's actually pretty cool because he goes all the shining on his brother. But that's the only, that's like the best episode of the season so far. And really, like, there really has been nothing but standalone filler garbage for like... Right, and there's no big bad. I mean... Which the writers said that there wasn't going to be a big bad this season, that it was going to be about the brothers and their character, but there's been nothing to develop their character. And by the way, that that that's always been the case since the first episode of this of this series. Thank you. Very right. Much. Exactly. There's always been a bad big bad, and it's always been about the brothers. Well, not even a big bad thing. It's like this whole thing of like it's about the brothers' relationship to the characters. Like, hello, that's like been the case since episode one. Right. Um. But to wrap this up, because we we do need to wrap it up, um, I got a very interesting post from a, from one Michael J. P- J. Petty on my timeline. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, quick thoughts, um, Jurassic Park trailer, what do you think? Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Same thing for the Terminator trailer, same thing for the Star Amelia, Wars trailer. Amelia Clark, sir. The first time I saw her, I was like, "Oh yeah, you're you're not Game of Thrones chick anymore. You're Sarah Connor." I yep. told, even though it is kind of convoluted, the whole thing with, um, why does Arnold have gray hair? Um, but but I digress. The new Pixar film, sir, it's so different. That's why I like it. I like Pixar. Really hasn't steered me wrong ever, besides Brave and Cars two. Yeah, I was just about to say Cars 2, definitely. Cars 2 is a sequel, though, so that doesn't really count. And Brave is more of a Disney movie than it is a Pixar movie, so... Well, and here's the thing with Cars 2. This was was the most blatant example of John Lasseter saying, I'm the boss, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, Okay, Um, I got a a very interesting post from Michael J. Petty about the fact that he watched a little show, finally, after my prodding, called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay... At, with, with my hundred bullet points underneath. Okay, here's the here's the thing. You say the master is the best villain uh, in Buffy history. Why? I, I. Mm. Is it because it's Mark Mark Madcap playing him, and he was Niedermeyer from Animal House? <laughs> no, it really has nothing to do with that. I maybe I should rephrase. I don't know if he's the best because I think in terms of like. I don't know. In, in terms of the best villain, I'd probably have to go with something more like the first evil because I mean it wiped out Sunnydale. And, for goodness and, sakes, and you got and you got all these great people to come back through. Right, and you got all the previous villains to come back for it. But in terms of like my favorite, I think it's definitely the Master, and I think it's the Master for a bunch of reasons. I think it's a lot because he's very much like a traditional vampire villain. He's the leader of the vampires. He's basically your Nosferatu on Buffy. Yes. Even though and, I, has, and I like that a lot. Even though he has fruit punch mouth. Yes. yes. But I, and I always liked his look. And 
based on his look, I still think he's somehow related to the Uber vampires. I think that's why he's the leader of the vampires. I think I think but, though for longevity, Spike and Drew. Definitely Spike and Drew. Cause nobody yeah. cause nobody thought way back in season two that these people would be back like six, and still be around. five, six years later, exactly. Especially yeah. Spike. Especially Spike. Um, oh my gosh, Spike has had more character development than like any character ever. <laughs> and he wasn't, that was a happy accident. Totally was a happy accident. That's so funny. I mean, I still like Angel better in terms of being with Buffy, maybe, but like his redemption story is so good. Because well, the brilliance about Spike is that they didn't make him a good guy initially. Right. He was a forced good guy, and the evolution of him falling in love with Buffy mainly being for sex, which I love the Buffy Bot episode. Oh my gosh. And we needed that because of after what happened with Joyce's death. Yeah. We needed something light again. Which took three episodes to happen. And I love that Angel showed up. In the, yep. Even if it was just for a scene. Okay, and if, if we're talking about like the Flash and Arrow crossover, I wish they would have done that with Buffy and Angel. I well, really do because you never like had them like like you had them cross over when, when you during see, big events, but you, it was never like for a case oh, or anything. No, 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 stop, 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 stop. Once you see Angel, you'll see why. Okay. Once you see Angel, you'll see why. Because Angel season two, there's no way Buffy could have crossed over. Okay. There's, there's no way. It wouldn't have made sense. Also, um, I kind of miss Cordelia. I kind of wish she would have come back with Angel. But really, again, once you see Angel, you'll see why they needed her over there. Okay. Okay. Um, my favorite villains, other than Spike and Drew, I really love the mayor. The, the mayor was hilarious. Harry Connor, who I've seen in a bunch of things now. It's interesting what they did with Face character. Yeah. And that, that gets expanded again on on um, Angel. Um. Because out, like outside of Adam, I don't think there was really a bad big bad. And Adam, and Adam was one of those things of we need a big bad. Where's a big bad gonna come from? Yeah, and like he was kind of cool when they were fighting. So it's not even that he was terrible; he just wasn't very developed. And here's the thing with season four, um, season four of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Joss Whedon will always say, um, "That was not our best season in terms of an arc." But the whole point of that season was your freshman year of college and the weirdness that you feel and the awkwardness that you feel. And by the end of it, like at the beginning of it, everybody's separated. But by the end of it, they'll come together and say, hey, we all went on this journey. On this journey, none of us went together, but here we all are. Yeah. And that's directly from Joss Whedon. I've watched... Not, not to mention you lost two main characters. Yeah, and not to and not to mention you're basically having two separate shows pretty much in the same universe. Mm -hmm. Um I hated Riley and Buffy, even when I was first watching the show. Cause it really did feel like they wanted to give Buffy the anti-angel, which it, this guy definitely was, but it didn't work to me. Spike was better in terms of that. And Sp and it wasn't really so cut and dry with Spike, wasn't it? No. I mean, and I some people don't like season six because it was so dark. I loved season six mainly because there were no black and white answers anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Buffy's like having sex with Spike. Um, people just also once more with feeling. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that in just a sec. <laughs> but um, the thing about the whole Spike relationship, and I know a lot of people disagree with the rape scene, and I totally get their point. But the point of this thing was uh, Spike did not want to hurt Buffy. He wanted to be close to her, but in the way he did it, that was completely wrong. Yeah. And James Marston said to this James Marston is the guy who plays Spike said to this day that was the wor- that was the worst day of shooting that he ever did in his life. Yeah, I bet. Just doing that scene cuz, you know, the, right. I mean, th- that was the most brutal depiction of rape without actually it not actually showing rape that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um I loved when Angel lost his soul and became Angelus. Angelus was terrifying. Yeah. It's actually I'm, called, I'm not kidding. Angelus really scared me, yeah. especially when he cared, killed Jenny. I was like, holy crap. Well, that's the thing. We'd always heard about Angelus, but we we never actually knew him as a character. And Angelus is so much worse than Spike ever was. Well, and that's the oh. thing. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, and they expand this more on Angel, on on the show Angel. Angelus like really gets off on pain and watching people suffer. But he likes to do it in like an artful way, which is creepy. Yeah, and and really, this like sets up the whole idea that even if they do get Angel back, like how uncomfortable is it going to be for everybody when they do get Angel back? Yeah. And I love the, the the way that he actually lost his soul, and how yeah. emotionally damaging that was for Buffy. That she, in fact, was the was the one was that the catalyst. Yeah, and I I love I love the fact that that's what breaks them up in the future. That like I can't be around you because I want to make love to you, but if but if you do, but if you I do, you'll lose your soul again, and we we can't keep re re. Cursing you. Yeah, but I like I like how with all that um they've been through and with all the development they have when they don't see each other, and then the episodes that they do see each other again after he had left, they're still kind of like, yeah, I still love you. Yeah, because they yeah because they didn't break up because they wanted to. They broke up because they had to. Yeah. Like, and that's more that's more heartbreaking than you know anything else. Um, have, have you read any of the comics? No, I have not. Um, okay. I've, I've wanted to though, but I'm just not gotten around to it. Um, I've done eight and I've done seasons eight and nine, and they're really good. Um, the way the way the fifth season ended, if you would have ended Buffy right there, that would have been an okay ending. Yeah, it would have been okay, but I wouldn't have been happy. I love the idea that Joss Whedon said on the DVD. The whole po- the whole problem Buffy has in season six is, but I was done. Why am I back? I learned my lesson. Why am I still here? Yeah. And but then her, season seven was so good. And, well, yeah, in season, the whole point of season six was you know the darkest point in the in the path and like the. The answers are aren't always going to be easy, and it's going to be hard for you sometimes. And I lo- I love that about um I love that about that season, even though it's not really a popular season. I love that about 
that season just because of the of where everything went. And I love how they did Willow and Tara. Yeah, Tara's death was done really well because you didn't see it coming, and I loved, I loved, loved, loved um, how they um, wrapped that up. I did With Dark I Willow. Yeah, I loved. Well, not even Dark Willow. The thing that Xander does at the end. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Because they kind of mentioned that in the not a wedding, a wedding between Xander and Anya. Okay. Had they gotten married, though, it would have made her death in the finale so much more painful. I, well, that's the well, that's the thing. Well, that's the thing, isn't it, on Buffy? You can't, you can never be happy. You can never be in love and ha- be in love and happy on Buffy. It's just not gonna happen for you. Yeah. And the walk that she takes to after 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 Xander has left. When she walks back down the altar, it's probably one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I felt really bad for her. Um, huh. Like you mentioned, Once More with Feeling, I don't think there's been a better episode, a special episode of a TV series than that one. Then... Once More with Feeling. Oh, yeah. Um... I don't. I don't think there's ever been a better one than that one. No. I really. I really don't. Dude, I, I got that whole soundtrack now. Well, I bought the CD when it first came out. I've been listening to it so much. I love. Um, what can we do? What can we do for together? Yes. Because everybody, everybody loves "Rest in Peace." and I love. I it. love "Rest in Peace." <laughs> I've been singing it so much. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I love the backstory episodes when we see the origin of Spike and Trisilla. And it's funny because in the fifth episode where we see the origins of Spike, in in the Angel episode, we actually get um, a similar backstory. And those two backstories intersect with each other. Oh, that's cool. Like when, like when Spike bumps into um, those people. You remember when he bumps into those people after... Um, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually Angelus, Drusilla, and Darla. Oh. But on, but on the Angel episode, you see a guy bump into Angelus, Darla, and Drusilla. That, oh. So it's kind of... The, kind of that like is the, sweet. Kind of a back... It's kind of like a Pulp Fiction episode. That's how they described it. Two different perspectives of, a, of the same thing. That's fine. Um, I loved the ending of the series as a whole. I loved the ending of of Chosen was a great episode. It was a great way to end the in 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 the series. And um, I know you hate Don, but I've been in love with Michelle Trachtenberg since I was eight years old. Oh no no no! I don't hate Don. I got annoyed with her halfway through season six when she got all whiny. And in season but, seven, she but was. I, I was actually a good supporter of Dawn. In, in season seven, she was fine. Except Sven. when she kicked Buffy out, I kind of got pissed at her again then. But but again, like she, like look at it from their point of view. And that's the great thing about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like every everybody's point of view gets highlighted. Yeah. And who could also? I hated Faith when she was first around. But and again, then in season seven, she was awesome. But again, Yowza. 
What can I say? I love bad girls. I think I think the be I think the best interactions though were between Angel and Buffy. Like the those that made that show. Even in season three when they were kind of breaking up. And I loved amends in season three. Z Zan yeah. When Xander and Giles definitely made the show for me. Um <laughs> my favorite Xander and Giles thing. They're just making me see what I want. At the end of season two when Xander rescues him. They're, no, you're not really here. They're making me see what I want. And Xander just goes, then why would they make you see me? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Giles goes, you're right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Kill funny. us both, Spock. That was the funniest, that was the funniest thing I've ever, that was the funniest. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That, that, that and Xander, Xander pulling out the cross on Willow when they, they think she's a vampire. And Xander yes. shakes the cross. But what, what, no, one of my favorite Giles lines is in the episode of where Joyce has the mask in her room and it causes <laughs> all the zombies to show up. And he goes, oh, do you like my mask? Isn't it pretty? It raises the dead. Americans. Giles, Giles drunk too is a is a is a joy. Like in the episode The Yoko Factor in season four, when everybody's like all arguing in Giles' apartment. Yes. And and, and everybody finds out Willow and Terror actually a couple. You just hear Giles in the background go, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> And you and you really liked Hush, and everybody says the same thing about Hush. Scariest episode of TV they've ever seen. It freaked me out. Holy crap! And Joss Whedon actually hired these mimes to do the gentleman, and he actually requested that Nosferatu thing with the hand, like when they did the close up of the hand, the Nosferatu thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I loved it when. Um, no, the worst part is when they're looking out the window and the one guy pops his head over the window and you're like, holy crap. The music, Chris Beck, who did the music for, for Buffy, did a phenomenal job with that music. Yes. That, that made, that, that made the, the, the episode. And I love, uh, I love the joke at the end of the episode when Riley and Buffy both say, you know, we have a lot to talk about. And then they don't speak. Yep. I love that. I love... Again, Buffy the Vampire Slayer with... Also... Oh, go on, go on. Also, how convenient was it that they found the scythe, like, two episodes before the finale? Yeah! 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 <laughs> I, I gotta say, I, I gotta say, I love that thing. That thing is awesome, and I want one. But seriously, come on. And, and how... And then, and then Angel bringing the amulet. And how can... Well, that ambulance was actually shown on Angel first. Okay, well, that makes sense then. But in terms of if you're just watching Buffy, you're like, oh, how convenient is that? That's one of the great things about watching Angel and Buffy kind of side by side, especially in season four when they do Harsh Light of Day. And then, you know, when Oz says, I'm stopping by LA, I, I could swing by. You actually do see that in the yeah. next episode on Angel. Yeah. 
So That's it, sweet. So it is kind of cool. So, it, so it's kind of hard to do that though when you're watching Netflix, unfortunately. Um, I, I wish you would have told me you would or were doing that because I would have given I would have written down the episodes where they cross over because I still remember all those where they cross over. That is impressive. Um, like, I'll probably end up watching Angel next semester. Okay, here's the here's one little tidbit for you, and this is a, just a conversation between you and I know. We, I'm not even paying attention that we're recording. Sorry, audience, but it's the truth. Um, remember when Buffy picks up the phone at her house at the beginning of season four? When, like, the telephone rings and she picks it up and somebody hangs up? Yeah. That's actually Angel on the other line. Makes so much sense. And in the and in the season premiere of Angel, you see Angel call someone, and then you hear Buffy's voice. Then he hangs up. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard from quite a few people that a lot of people like Angel even better than Buffy. It's totally different, but it's not the same. It's not okay. the same. It's similar, but it's not the same. Um. How does Angel do as a main character as opposed to a minor character? He does he does it beautifully. He does it okay. beautifully, actually. Remember that one episode where um, the ghosts of a high schooler and a high school teacher are in like possessing people in season two? Kind of, yeah. And the the female teacher possesses Angelus, and the the high school the high school male. Like, like possesses Buffy. Remember that? Oh yeah, that's a great episode. That that's that's the episode where Joss Whedon realized that David Boreanaz could lead his own show. Like well, off, yeah. Like off the when he played the the woman and it didn't feel forced, it didn't feel stupid. That was when Joss Whedon said, "Yeah, this guy could probably hold his own series." That's awesome. Um. They were actually developing that when, like, Angel or, yeah, Angel got sent to hell. And it's funny because on any other show, that would have been the series finale. <laughs> yeah. And every I, the cool thing about Buffy, too, is, like, every season, like, you if you really wanted to end it there, you could end. Well, except for season but four. Season four. Well, you, you can't. You can if you end on the penultimate. Yeah, but not if you end on the finale. Also, Dracula was awesome on Buffy. Dra Dracula was awesome yeah. on Buffy. I, I wish he had come back. I had to he mention comes, he comes back in the comics. I wish he had come back. I had to mention this. You you appreciate the thirst a lot more now, don't you? Uh, yeah, I do. Because Stephen Knight was a writer on Buffy before. He... Doesn't mean I like it. Because Stephen Denight yeah. was a writer on Buffy and Angel before he was a writer on Smallville. That's yeah, why. and he did Spartacus, and now he's doing Daredevil. Well, that's why they asked him to write that episode, Miles and Al. Was he was a writer on? He was a writer on Buffy. That makes sense. Um, what what else? Um. I wasn't a big fan of season four at the time, but I appreciated it more, especially that my one, the one episode where Giles becomes a demon and no one can understand him except Spike. That is hilarious. Also, the episode, remember the episode where they lose their memory and Spike thinks he's his son? <laughs> and you, you know where, when, oh. 
you're not gonna know this yet because you haven't seen Angel, but you remember remember that monologue about being a vampire with a soul? From Spike. Boy. From Spike, that episode? That he's supposed to be, you know, um, helping the helpless and that kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. That, that, that whole thing is exactly, exactly verbatim the mantra of Angel when Angel first starts. Oh, wow. Verbatim. That's why I found it so funny. Um, I don't know. Like, there's not many episodes of Buffy I've not liked. I even like the one episode where um, Willow gets, like, involved with the robot way back in season one. Moloch. Yeah. Moloch, yes. Um, but who, who, who is conveniently the main villain of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, that is convenient. Um, <laughs> I, 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 do, I do agree with you. The, the best, like, meeting place they had was the library. I, I still miss their high school episodes. Like I love that they progress and I love that they go to college and all that, but their high school there's something to be said about the high school episodes. Same for Smallville, really. Yeah, I mean, more so on Smallville than on Buffy. It really I felt that the best years were in high school, even though the cast hated being in high school. Yeah. Like they they all they all hated it. I I hated Oz's exit. It felt so weird. I'm with you. It felt it so weird and so... It felt way too forced. Yeah. Well, I understood why they wanted him to leave because it's initially, like, like the Oz never did anything other than be a yeah. werewolf. And that's why they, they, they you know, he, he just, Seth Green decided to leave the show. But I think his career has worked out quite fine since then, don't you think? Oh, I think so, too. Um, Plus, they end up bringing him back in the comics, so that's um, cool. Um, the, the thing, the thing with Riley and Buffy, and really, I think the best season is season five. Like, overall, from top to bottom, season five is the best season. What do you think? Ben is glory? (laughs) (laughs) I love season three, to be honest with you. Season three. I love season three, and I love season seven. Also six. Yeah. So those three are probably my favorites. Season three, I love. Season three and season five are tied for me in terms of episode quality and and arc all the way through. Yeah. Like because graduation day, oh my gosh, wow. And I actually watched that episode on the day I graduated high school and the day I graduated university. And actually, my one of my professors who did a commencement speech actually mentioned that episode when I graduated from. Undergrad. That's funny. Which I thought was awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. You you need to wa- you need to watch Angel because it's just gonna help your viewing experience more. One more thing before we go because we've been talking a long time. Um, Nathan Fillion as a bad guy. No, I had not seen Firefly before this, so I had no idea who he was. Okay. But what did you think? I've seen everything before this, so... Yeah. (laughs) It was just different for me to see him as a bad guy. But he made it work, didn't it? But he made it work, didn't it? Oh, yeah, he freaked me out. Like, I wouldn't be in the same room as that guy if my life depended on it. And the thing of it was, he was added, you know, fairly late in the series. Very late. Caleb was added very late in the season. 
Yeah, like Final Five, which yeah. was weird. Which you don't do, typically. No, I, I kind of was. I kind of was upset that they introduced him so late because I think you could have done a lot more with him had you introduced him at the beginning. The funny thing about Holden Webster, the vampire that Buffy doesn't doesn't remember from high school, that guy plays plays a role on Angel, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Firefly, and his thing is always the same. A perfectly nice guy who turns out to be evil, then dies on all three series. That's funny. Okay, about that episode, though, Conversations with Dead People, amazing episode. I'm really pissed they couldn't get the actor who played Jesse back, because that scene with Xander would have been awesome. Okay, okay. Funny, funny you say that. Funny you say that. Once you see Angel, it will be even more funny. You'll get the joke when I tell you that, but I won't tell you it now. The funny thing about that episode, that, that is one of the few episodes, I think the only episode in Buffy the Vampire Slayer history where Xander does not appear. It is the only episode where he doesn't appear, which pisses me off because I love Xander. And, and, and it was, I didn't realize that until I... I listened to the commentary on the DVD. I was like, wow, it really is. Even Giles isn't in, like, all the episodes. Yeah. Willow and Buffy are the only ones who are in every episode. And you really didn't like how they exited Giles, even though it made sense to me. No, I didn't. I didn't like that. It made sense to me because, for one thing, they were going to try and save money. Well... Production-wise, it made sense, but story and even story-wise, to a point, it made sense. But nowhere ever before does it say that a watcher left their slayer. It always says that they're there watching their slayer, and it just felt weird. Yeah, um, it felt like he wanted to go, and so they said, "Okay, you can go, but we'll bring you back every now and then." And he said, "Okay." I, think, I don't know how it really happened. I but. think writing-wise, I I, I kind of contradicted myself here. Episode-wise, season three and season five are the best. But in terms of just straight writing, just writing, 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 season six, probably the best. Because it's so, like, intense. It's so intense, and there really isn't a, isn't any kind of bright spots. And the bright spots you had were totally gone after Tara got killed. Yeah. Because... There's darkness everywhere. Like, yes, no one liked Dawn being so whiny, but at the same time, look at what happens to Dawn throughout the entire fifth and sixth season. Everybody that she's she loves is either leaving or left or has died. Yeah. And really, she's like totally, totally lost. There is no bright spots in season six at all. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why they did Once More with Feeling, because they kind of knew that this was as bright as where as, as With bright. the exception with of the trio with their geek references. Yeah, and that's basically all the writers. Um, and on, Xander, of course. On, Buff, on Buffy, basically, like, geeking out. I Which love, is awesome. I love By the way, I love Andrew's arc in season seven. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I do, do too. By the way, um, you didn't know this by watching it on Netflix. Yeah, we're going to wrap this up in like a couple minutes, guys. Don't worry, um, because we have to. Um, originally, um, the guy who played Tucker in season three with the Hellhounds, 
He was supposed Yeah, he was supposed to appear, but they couldn't get him. Yeah, they couldn't get him, so they just made him um Tom Lank, who played Andrew, um his brother, which always happened to Joss Whedon in high school. He was always referred to as somebody else's little brother. That's funny. And now all of his brothers are referred to as Joss Whedon's brother. <laughs> yeah. Um Wow, guys. Funny how that works out. Wow, guys. We've gone ridiculously, ridiculously long. We don't know when we're going to release this. If we skipped over something, I don't know when we're going to come back, but we'll come back very soon. Michael and I's schedules are so insane. Um, part of the reason why we couldn't do this again, but my Twitter handle is at WSK9002. His is at MJPity7 on Twitter. Please follow us on Facebook, Across the Airwaves. Search for us there. Search for us on Google+, Plus. same name, Across the Airwaves. Um, and if you have any questions for at us... At its tangent radio. And, and at its... It's been a long while since we've done this, guys. At its tangent radio, yes. Um, if you have any questions for us, please email us at across the airwaves at gmail.com across the airwaves at gmail.com and please put in the subject line it's it's tangent time then we'll read it on the show it's so great to be back I it feels like it's been a lifetime since we've done this um yet it feels like it feels so natural yes it does yes it does and this I think is our longest podcast ever so for Michael J. Petty my name is Wes Kim and we'll catch you across the airwaves bye guys and never can be told She came from the grave much graver First he'll kill her, then I'll save her Everything is ending after dark No, I'll save her, then I'll kill her And what the heavens will sleep to learn It's going to destroy the spark These endless days are finally ending in a place And we are caught Fire. The point of